Hey, you're listening to the Church League Podcast. The NFL playoffs are obviously still happening, uh, but things are happening in the NBA, and we we talk actually a fair amount about that in this episode. This is our longest episode to date, almost two hours long, so I hope you stick with us. It's going to be a good one. Let's get started. Church League Podcast, it's Roman, as always, joined by James and Corey. How you guys doing? Good, good. Yeah, doing good. It's warmed I, up here in Virginia Beach a little bit. It is a balmy, like, 45 degrees or something this about morning. possibly 70 about dude, it. I know, dude. I'm excited about I that. I might go to the beach and take some pictures and send it to me and Deanna friends. The boys <laughs> uh, came out of their bedrooms this morning with shorts on. I was like, what are you guys doing? My boys have been had, had shorts on. Still, well, we have like, a 50-degree degree rule. Yeah. And I have to argue with that. It was like 26 last week, and Taylor was like, well, I'm, I'm inside all day. I was like, well, you got to get to the inside. Like, right. it's cold. You're not. I'll get. I'll go to jail for you wearing shorts. Some tearaways. Straight to jail. Some yeah. tearaways. He w- walks into school <laughs> yeah. and immediately grabs his pants and tears them off. He does have a middle school basketball game tonight, so that would awesome. be fitting. What? Dude, be yeah. I need that schedule. Man, yeah, yeah I need what to time is that? There's only been two games. He's on, like, the, the second team. It's at 5 o'clock at the Williams School Man, over me. in Nafik. Yeah, we can't make with a five o'clock game on a Wednesday. I know, I know. If, we were, if we were showing a video of the chosen, we're talking about two videos of the chosen tonight. But if we were showing a video, I could hit play, go watch the game, and then sneak back in. Like that was partially. Un, un, <laughs> yeah, never mind. We'll switch it up. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, a fair amount of stuff is happening in sports outside of middle school basketball <laughs> here. Um, it could hit our top five lists. It could potentially. Uh, yeah. We're uh, today. We're gonna at some point. We're gonna talk about our top five athletes. Of all time, just our personal top five athletes of all time. I mean, and I'm sure we have reasons as behind why we have those. Taylor Hume's a multi sport athlete. He is a multi sport athlete. Yeah, he's one of my. Can't wait. Can can you can you be your own? Because that might change my list. Can you be your own favorite? <laughs> Number athlete? one, Roman McCutcheon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, we we need to talk about this. Huh? <laughs> um, That's funny. No, all right. So. Um, uh, let's. There's a lot. I heard all the eye rolls. Yeah, uh, all unbelievable. People were like, "Oh my!" I God. would say Lauren, but she definitely isn't listening. So, um, so let's let's start with um, what did I say? We're going to start with basketball. basketball Child, yeah. Child birthing a sport? Yes, basketball. Childbirthing is not a sport. If it was, then you need to reconsider. It'd be wild. You're right. That's um, a that's disgusting. Sport. So some stuff happened in the NBA. <laughs> um, some historic things that apparently I got completely wrong because I wasn't. I'm still not paying attention to the NBA, and I probably should be. No. But it is. It's regular season, dude. Early regular season it sucks. So here's my deal with the NBA. I'll pay attention to the off season more than I do at the beginning of the regular season for trades. Yeah. For all that stuff, and then when the trade deadline finally hits, then I'll start actually cheering for a team. Because I don't know what my team's going to look like. Right. Now, Pacers got Pascal Siakam, which I think is a big move. Yeah, they did. And Halliburton's hurt. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of just waiting for everybody to get healthy. But there's so many teams that may be totally different by the time the playoffs come around that it's hard to care about the regular season. Right. I mean, and I don't like they, it seems that for the most part, the energy isn't there during the games from the players. Um, guys are randomly taking games off. And it, it's almost it, it's almost tough to like even go see an NBA game during this time in the regular season yeah, because it's just like a grind. And this is when a lot of people get their quote injuries slash because it can't just be rest now. Yeah. yeah. Um. 
and so not not to say that about Tyrese Halliburton. I, no, I no, think no. That, he, I mean, like, dude's super he good. He pulled the hammy and he's out. And yeah, they've been on like a four out of five game slide. So yeah, um, Siakam can't come at you know soon enough for them right. to kind of put put it together. And I'm excited for the Pacers, right? But for the NBA, not really. Um, yeah, you know, I had a buddy. He posted on social media the other day. He went to see Steph Curry play, mm-hmm. and um, brought his kid. They that's showed dope. up, and Steph didn't play. Oh gosh, yeah, dude, that's the worst, man. And then it's and, and that's not Steph being sure, you know, game managing. Like, you know, he is he is older than he he yeah he's been he's older than he's been in his entire career. You know, that's uh, this is true. <laughs> the Yogi Bear. Are you, right is that we talking to Chris Collinsworth right now? <laughs> is that what's happening? That's really unfortunate. That's irritating to go pay for a ticket and like a superstar that you want to see is not there. Yeah, so they did they at least do the warm ups. Does he come out and do his like um, tunnel shot and you know? It depends if he dressed or not. I don't know. Can he stay late and say, "Hey, I'm sorry." There was a there was a kid that came from Australia to see Lamelo ball play, yeah. which is what a joke. <laughs> um, I mean, oh my gosh! So out, of anyways, the, out of all the out of all the we need to do some research on the poorest decisions ever yeah. made by man. <laughs> That's got to be one of them. He had a sign and everything. Lamelo did not play. And he was like literally the only reason him and his yeah. family came was to watch Lamelo Ball play. Yeah. That was his like birthday gift or something. And first off, incredible gift. Right. Great job, mom and dad. Not a joke. Killed but it. this wasn't like a make a wish thing, right? No, it was not. No, it really wasn't. This was yeah. like intentional from his family. It was huh. not a make a wish yeah. thing, which a fair statement. It's yeah. a fair statement. But it yeah. was. It's. It was just a legit like birthday gift. Yeah. And then Lamelo didn't play. And I think Lamelo did come over and was like, "Hey, sorry, whatever. like, yeah, I'm gonna need at least a pair of shoes out of this." But also, like, come on, James, you cracked me up, dude. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but I love I'm, how you uh, introduced that statement. This is not a joke, but it's, it's a funny <laughs> joke, though. I don't want to make it. Well, a it's joke. interesting. I think that happened with Harding once. Like, um, Harding, someone came to watch him, and then he wasn't there, and then he got him tickets. Oh and yeah, got him a jersey yeah, and yeah, shoes. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, some of these players get it, and I'm I'm not saying that. Steph doesn't in that instance, but sure, um, you know if if you're going to watch players play, and that's what's happened in the NBA more than college sports or other yeah. you know, non-professional sports is it's hard to root for a team regionally for a long period of time because mm-hmm. players move so much now. Like the Bulls, you could root for them, and even if you didn't live in the Chicago area but you moved, you could still know that you know Jordan's yeah. going to be on the Bulls and you were going to be able to cheer for the Bulls. Yep. Um, now you know you've got you either got to follow the player, or you got to follow the team. And it's it's tough. So I know a lot of people who are I'm a this is my team, but this is my player, and and so he's sort of followed yeah. the he's followed multiple teams. You know? uh, there was a stat, by the way, on Anthony Davis that came out a couple of days ago that was shocking because the narrative on Anthony Davis is that like he never plays. Yeah. Um, of the past 125 NBA games, Anthony Davis has played more than any other player. <laughs> How wild is that? Yeah, it's at 125 before that. He was he he had some injuries for a no, while, sure. few years, and and part of that narrative for him was he's good one night and he's not the next. Oh yeah. So at least he's not taking a night off. But, but at least he's always there. Yeah. If you're 20 and 10 one night and the next night you're like five and <laughs> three, right? Then should you just have taken the night off? He's and, tired. Yeah. You know, he, he's, a, he's he's a big dude, man. He's a lot of energy moving around or doing whatever he's. Calls defense. I try to play basketball two to three times a week, and like I feel like my lower half's gonna fall off. Oh my I gosh, love that man. you just threw a like a, a a little jab at Anthony Davis. I'd love for him to show up at the rec center on you one night, one day, ten years from now, even. All right, so here's my here's my take on he'll, that. He'll by tell the way. you who Come his on favorite out, AD. Is. Hey, Anthony, <laughs> please. Yeah. I would love to play against you. Like seriously, I'm gonna win. Um, not the game, but win because you showed up to 
play basketball, and that's a win for me. Um, There's no way you'd be able to prove that that was because of you. Oh, every uh, doubter in that gym would be like, no, I would. It I had would, to be because he's would, not showing up to Williams Farm Gym in Virginia Beach. Maybe he unless he's big, there's a big Pharrell. Williams yeah, fan, he could do it for he, Pharrell. He could yeah. be well, well, well more, much more likely, but for not Pharrell. at five a.m. Yeah, um, that's not, when they play. That's when they practice. I will say, um, I have a take on that because I've been. I'm I'm a huge critic of like professional athletes as they're playing. Um, as I would say, most people are like if someone makes a mistake right. or you know. <clears throat> And, you know, people have made that argument like, well, 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 we come play you, see how you do. And, you know, I'm like, well, okay, that's fine. I think the biggest difference is that that is their entire existence. Yeah. That's what they do all the time, all day, every day. It's their job. Um, they, and they also get compensated very well to be good at that job. <laughs> right. Um, so it's a like, I would say that a, you know, there's like hazard pay for a job that is like, you know, challenging or yeah. there could be danger. Well, sure. Let's let the fan critic be a part of your hazard pay. I think you get to hear that from me because of the amount of money that you make. Yeah. Um, let's see him. Let's see him interpret scripture and teach a Bible class. Yeah, dude. Hurry What is it? Lead, lead a week of camp and yeah, all that extra stuff on the side that you're doing as a professional athlete. Also, yeah. Hey, bring it. I'm here for that. <laughs> he play a little pickleball against you. Yeah, dude. He would probably still dominate in most of those. I don't know about his, um, you know. Pickleball would be wild because he could like touch the net from like outside of the kitchen, which would be ludicrous. I would love. So Dirk Nowitzki plays a lot of pickleball, by the way. You have, and you have a bunch he of He could probably right just take the whole court. Like, How are you playing sports in the kitchen? Right. We'll, we'll get to you. We'll talk about pickleball in the rules later, but that's a whole different episode. Don't get me started on women's rules. Are we making, um, a, are we making a push for Roman <laughs> to be on our top five as athletes? Yeah, hey, we're getting there. We're getting there. All right, so. All right, other, uh, let's talk about the NBA, for real, with some of the stuff that happened. So, Joel Embiid scored 70 points. He held up the stupid little piece of paper with the ball in his hand. Right. Is, if you score any less than 100... Yeah, absolutely not. Don't like, hold up like, the piece of paper. What a joke. Like, I think Devin Booker did the same thing when he scored... A lot of people have. I, that's so stupid to me. Like, if it's not 100, shut up. Yeah. Like, you, yeah. you're not it. That's You're not that. It's wild, though, that Joel Embiid could score 70, and it looked like he didn't do anything. No, I know. He is a freak. He's so good. He is he is outrageously good on a team that I don't know is even making it to the conference finals. Well, they're in third. Yeah. And the Bucks are a half a game up on them and the Bucks are trying to, you know, yeah, move on their coach. So like teams are doing crazy stuff, but you know, Joel Embiid, he I have I'm not a fan. Like for there are, there were so many parts of his game that either the flops or the Right. Complaining this and that, I cannot say too much about him because he is yeah. pretty impressive. He dominates. I mean, he he is. He's not. I'm still not. I'm not gonna go buy the jersey, but I am not yeah. gonna talk disparagingly about what he does out there because he's also big and he's also dealt with injuries and he managed the process. And the process still hasn't gotten me championships, but yeah. he's he's really good. Well, in that game, he was. Let's see, he had 70 points. 18 rebounds and five assists. How many threes did he have? Wow. I don't know. He played 37 minutes, 24 from 41 from the field. That's impressive, man. 24 for 31. That's 41. Oh, for 41. Jeez. That's a, I mean, like that, I don't want to ever take, I mean, he is, he is on the verge of current, like this current season, like Shaq dominance. Now, I don't mean as a career, but like just this year. Mm. Um, I mean, he's just—it's every night thirty plus points, yeah. and it's also ten plus rebound. Like it's just a 
Like, no one can stop him. And he seems to have all the moves. And it's not just him being bigger and stronger than you. It's that he also has a little bit of finesse. He can also shoot, which, you know, some individuals could never do. Yeah. Um, some of his teammates, actually. Exactly. It's crazy, <laughs> right? And so I am... I, I love that he has multiple facets to his game. Yeah. Uh, that's why I, that's why I'm not a Giannis fan is because he has nothing other than a drive to the basket. Um, that doesn't mean he's not good at it. He's I mean he's probably better than everybody else at it. But like, it's boring to watch in my opinion because you're like I know what he's gonna I know like I know what Giannis is gonna go do with his basketball yeah. right. I would say with Embiid though if he could start getting some block shots like I feel like down low he's not he's. he's He's yeah. out and around too much. Like he's averaging, yeah, one point seven blocks per game. There are less feet to land on when you're out and around. Yeah. So he's right. had so many lower body injuries yeah. that he's like his coach. I'm sure is like, don't be the shot blocker. Yeah, or or like you watch these football guys when yeah. you fall, fall like this. Like don't yeah. try to stay in the pocket too long. Yep. Like they're just trying to keep him healthy because he's much better on the court, not blocking shots. But he, you're eight feet twelve inches. Go stand under the hoop. <laughs> get it. But <laughs> under the hoop is where people get hurt. Under the hoop is where. You get these guys that Mason Plumlee is going to come in there and wreck you, yeah. and you, and he doesn't care. Shout out to Mason Plumlee. That's what Plumlee. he's here for, right? Um, but, um, um, Embiid hits hits fifty percent of his three pointers in that game, one for two. Wow. But he is a, he's a decent three point shooter, better than Al Horford. I don't know. Oh my gosh, he's a great shooting big man. Um, all right, and hey, big man three point contest. Also, band name, but big man three point contest needs to happen. That would be amazing. It would be. They they should do it on the other end of the court. So Steph the and same time. are doing their things, and <laughs> Steph's hit like sixteen in a row, and you're like, all right, what's Embiid doing, or what's um, Lopez doing? Right. Put the winners out, play out, each other. Horford, put your money where your mouth <laughs> where your mouth is, and let's see That'd what he great. can do. Um, I mean, Carl Anthony Towns, solid big man three point shooter. Yeah. Um, he, he actually scored he won sixty something. He scored sixty two or something like that in a he, loss. He actually won a three point contest. Um, by the way. Carl Anthony Towns has a three-point contest win. Yeah, NBA in in the College? NBA yeah. in the NBA the Owanis Club like no he won like the, the NBA three-point contest yeah it was like four wow three, was four like, years ago yeah three four years ago yeah huh. which is really unfortunate but like it's unfortunate that I wasn't paying attention to that well it's because I think it was an off year right around COVID I think like, well yeah but All Star Weekend is also a joke if there's a COVID three-point contest he was in his own bubble he was shooting know. in a phone booth or something. <laughs> It was actually just it was a video game. It was just <laughs> um, three point contest with a defender. It, I mean, I don't. I think that there's there's only one human. There's being no defender on the court anyway when you're playing. So why do that? Right. That's right. <laughs> so that's another conversation with seventy points. Is like how much defense is really going on when you're scoring one hundred and thirty something, which was one hundred thirty three to one hundred. Well, that's, that's the NBA now. I mean, and that used to. What's funny is like that used to be like all star game numbers only. Yeah, and now yeah, they're trying to score two hundred in the All Star game. That's that's just what we're doing. Um, yeah, and I don't. I think there is an argument to be made from listening to the JJ Reddick podcast. Who Shout he, out JJ. he knows way more about basketball than I will ever know. Um, is I just I think that like as a whole, the NBA has just gotten so so good at scoring the basketball that it looks like defense isn't being played. Yeah. But it's just not the case. Like it it's the game has evolved like it will always evolve. And but there's also you have there's got to be the ability to keep up with scoring because so you can't have like a Tony Allen on your team anymore. Yeah. Um you you know you can't have the guy who's like not really putting up like that's why I think Gary Payton um 
the second or whatever yeah. is kind of an anomaly right now because he's not a big scorer on the Warriors. He plays incredible defense, but I don't know how long they're going to be able to sustain that yeah. because they're not scoring with their opponents, and his defense isn't making up for it. So do they think he was going to be like Iguodala, and then that se- that right. season of play is, is diminishing. It's gone. Yeah. So, like, there's not going to be a really a space for that person on the on the court if they can't right. hit a three at least. Absolutely. And, and, and Embiid may be getting less block shots because there's a ton more three-point shots being thrown up. Yep, absolutely. So, I mean, you either got to be out at the three-point line blocking threes um, there's not a lot of big men trying to make moves, especially when he's in the paint. I know. Um, so, you know, I think there is a good conversation about whether defense has been played or not. It's mm-hmm. it's an offensive game. That's the shot clock, the way things have been called, but not – I mean, um, yeah. that's been proven to be a fallacy as well. But, hey, if you could have um, J.J. Redick or Anthony Davis show up, J.J. Redick here or Anthony Davis at uh, Williams Farm, what would you choose? Oh, J.J. Redick here every day of the week. Yeah. You think he'd give you more street cred? No, but – I mean – as far, but no, as an athlete, as an athlete, yeah, not on the streets. We're not on the streets, right? No, I don't know. I think that like his. You play basketball. Williams Farmers is the least, le- the least in the streets court that I've been in in a long is. time. I, I he is a. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I would love to just pick JJ. It's a nice court in the streets. Nice. I have so many questions that I think I'd want to ask him um, pertaining to like NBA relationships and how like that works on the court and if it if it you know messes with stuff if like stuff's happening off the court and then also you know what he feels about players like you know Dylan Brooks and what he feels about play like what other people are considering you know is John Moran a distraction is he actually worth you know keeping right um, like I think that he he's able to have that insight that we'll never be able to have um, I would just go shoot with him for like five hours straight. Just, Not say a word. Yeah, right. <laughs> so for NBA, who's most likely to to be able to hold up a piece of paper that says one hundred and one? Uh, I'm uh, probably not anymore, but I, you know, LeBron. I'd say at one point. I don't know about now, but I mean, currently, maybe currently, and let's say into the future, if, if you, they you can gave, make a judgment on any players rising up, if they said, if they gave Steph unlimited shots. Because of his ability to hit the three, yeah, potentially, I think he he would have the if he were to just be on one and be like that that like D three college player that puts up like eighty shots, probably he'd have to hit thirty plus three pointers. Yeah, but if there's somebody in the league that's capable of that, it's him. Yeah. So then that's my question: Is it a big man or a or a guard? Like can Morant? When you said Morant, if he's in in his zone, right, and he's not the best three point shooter, but he could score anyway. Right, and he could dunk on Embiid if he felt like he wanted to, which is nuts. Sure. So, does a guy like that, uh, you know, kind of channeling an Allen Iverson, have a chance yeah. at that, or does it need to be an Embiid who can step out and hit a three every once in a while, but just dominate right. mid range? I think it'd be like a Durant frame of body kind of person, somebody that, can, like you said, somebody that can kind of be in and out. And right. Yeah, I mean, Kevin that's Durant. A lot of points. Kevin Durant's considered. I mean, like, and not in the. I don't think, and it's outrageous. Considered the great, like one of the greatest scorers of all time, um, not from a point standpoint, but just his ability yeah. to score because of his frame. He also shoots real high. It gets literally on un- like you, no one's blocking that ever. Right. So five years from now, when Benyamba, he adds some uh, weight. He's a good point. If he adds yeah. some weight. Absolutely not. No zero faith in that. Yeah. Guy. So you think he's gonna feel more like Giannis than he is? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I, I and I and I say that. Well, if he turns out to be honest, that's great. No, right. I mean, like, I there's mean, nothing that, wrong the with Spurs that. Spurs will be thrilled, but right. I think they're expecting him to be 
an alien. Like he's going to be yeah. better than anyone. You're going to have to reinvent who he is like. He is right. like himself only. Yeah, it's it's a I don't know. Like I there's I'm not saying that Victor Wembanyama is bad. I'm not like by any means. He's he's an incredible. I don't know. I don't. I, can, I don't even think he's talent, a potential, I, all those I, things. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, if he, if I look at it this way, Victor Wembanyama wasn't seven four three or whatever he is, and you gave him like a regular like six eight body with the same skill set, he's he's getting pushed around. He's nobody who he's. Well, he's, he's a nobody, he's right? Prince. He, Which it's a different. Right. I know that you're, you're learning a different skill set yeah, because yeah, yeah. of your height. Right. I get that, but like. At the same time, it's not like he's some incredible shooter. It's not like he even has this like great feel and touch around the rim at his yeah. size. Well, for his size, sure, ish. Um, but people are calling him the the next greatest thing, and maybe that'll happen. Yeah. But I don't know. I, I think I, don't I think it. the story's yet to be written on that. We're gonna have to see how he adjusts to. NBA defense or NBA pace and all those right. things compared to where he's been. I mean, the game looks real easy for him because he's tall and because yeah. you know at the at the rim it's a little easier when you're looking down at it, you know, right. things like that. But you know, I think in the next five years, if he's willing to put in the work for his body to be to be stronger, if, yeah. he's, if he stays healthy, um, I think he's I think he's got more potential to stay healthier than Zion because he's got less weight I on would his joints and lower yeah. body's important. And I'm not saying Zion is heavy. Uh, if you look at Zion, he's muscular and he is heavy, but he is he's working to stay in the range he needs to. Just recently. Yes, that was just a recently. problem that he, right. he had admitted. But if mm-hmm. we're talking about making the adjustment to the problem, Zion's done a pretty good job at that. Right. He's on the court still this year, which is impressive. And the Pelicans... Yeah. Um, they look good without him. They look good with him. They're an interesting team. Yeah. But in the next, I don't know. For me, I don't think a three-point shooter is going to be able to hit 33 three-pointers. Well, You're going to have to hit some shots. Yeah, and, they would need – I mean, like, also, that's not NBA basketball. It's not like one player takes an unlimited amount of shots right. because – Eventually, they're just gonna they're gonna double them or triple them. So the impressive thing for me, and I, we've spent a lot of time on NBA this morning, which is impressive. Oh, yeah. um, for um, for Embiid to do seventy without them just feeding like catering the game to him, like I felt like Kobe's final game. Oh my gosh! Right. So when you talk about sixty plus scores, yeah, Kobe's Brian, final game has an asterisk by it for me, and I love Kobe. Yeah, you know, rest in peace. Right. I'm not yeah. gonna say a bad word about him, but. That scenario, they were just giving the ball, giving the ball, giving the ball, yeah. and they kept the fans in the in the seats for that game. Yep, you know Devin Booker, it was kind of like that, but not. And he's a scorer, and when he's hot, he could oh, he could yeah. scorch it ninety percent. You can't do anything about absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, but uh, what Embiid did, and it, what seemed like natural game flow, was pretty impressive. Yeah, no, it wasn't I, scripted to let's. Now the NBA is good about let's get these guys their shots. I think Carl Anthony Towns, the criticism of his sixty plus game this mm-hmm. last. A couple of games ago, the same, I guess, night as Embiid. 62. Is they were kind of catering it to him scoring, and they ended yeah. up losing that game. Yeah. So yeah. if you're not winning the game, Doesn't then matter, there's a yeah. huge asterisk beside, oh, I scored 60-something. Yep. Right? If you're doing it in, in regular gameplay, that's impressive. Right. So I'm, I'm pretty impressed. I think still it's ridiculous to hold up a, a piece of paper that says 70, but 70 yeah, in regular so. gameplay is, is – it's pretty impressive. impressive. It's really impressive. Well, Towns and his game, he had seven turnovers himself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he probably became the point guard at some point during that. And game. And he had a stupid. he had one. He played one more minute than um, Embiid. Huh. Hmm. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of Kentucky guys in that conversation. Allegiantly, by the way, which hurts my heart a little bit. But yeah. it's impressive the talent. 
that that university's had. Some universities have had, had for sure. Uh, yeah, had well, they've got they've got a good team this year. So mm-hmm. yeah, I want to talk that, about that, that Shepherd guy or whatever. Let's, let's move forward. Hey, let's, let's go on to the right, next. Uh, what's going on in tennis right now? So, um, <laughs> uh, breaking news right now: um, Carlos Alcaraz has lost to Alexander Zverev Did in the quarterfinals. He? Yep, he you're just, in trouble, James. It just went final. Yep. Um, I was kind of watching it on my phone so, there as you guys were talking. Yeah, I went to check and I was like, "Oh, it just went. It just it just finished." Uh, final line: uh, Zverev over Alcaraz, six one, six three, seven six, six four. Um, so it wasn't a complete blowout, but you look at the stats. Like Carlos Alcaraz had no first serve in that first set, um, yeah. which kind of sets you up for the rest of the, uh, the. It's a mindset I think going into the rest of the uh, the match. But they had a he, they had a. Mike and Mike and Alcaraz's face already, and he said he wanted to apologize to James Hume for ruining his pick for the podcast. I think that's the first no thing words, he said. Man, which is incredible. Really anyway, so. <laughs> it's pretty incredible. <laughs> James does. So, um, so I've still got Djokovic, and you've got Center. Just like other. a youth and family minister would pick someone named Center. Well, they're about to play each other. Good. Um, Bring it. And um, I, I mean, I think that, in my opinion, it's going to be Judgment Day. In my opinion, the winner of that, the winner of that game, it's their championship. Now that Carlos Alcaraz is out, whoever wins Djokovic, the Djokovic center matchup is the might as well be the Australian. Well, center listens to the podcast, and as soon as he heard that you were his pick, he cringed. I bet he did. I bet he did. Djokovic is like, yes. It's like every announcer, like, oh, this field goal kicker hasn't missed a kick all year. I'm like, oh, he's going to miss this one. Yeah, well, yeah. what's really funny, right? Wide right. Tyler Bass. Um, so one of the uh, one of the things that. They were like in the interview after Center um, beat Rublev in the quarterfinals. Um, was you know are you you know you, you know what are you looking forward to playing Djokovic and all these different kinds of things? And he goes, "Was well, why well, I practice?" Um, <laughs> like <laughs> he just kept like I don't. Um, what is interesting is that at this point, Center hasn't dropped a set, uh, so he's played the least amount of, of talented players. Uh, no. Um, Rublev was the number five seed, so I mean, like he actually played. He only, I think, he actually played the the seeds he was supposed to. Like it was chalk, except yeah. for like the second round. Rublev sounds like a Russian currency. He he is Russian, actually. Oh, well, they don't actually say that. Oh, there so he's no the flag. no flag currency there's a, guy. There's a, just yeah. a zero. There's no. It's like I have, I have. How much? How many Rublevs get translated in the pesos or? And yeah. how many pesos to U.S. dollars? Yeah, and six. How many rublets hey, to U.S. dollars? To rewind just a second, there's a good draft <laughs> we should do. You yeah. said mm-hmm. the best reporter player conversations. Ooh, oh, that'd be solid. Oh, yeah. oh, off the, so, the, there are so many good ones. Hey, that's and good best one. best names, athlete names, playoffs. It's not center. Okay, yeah, center dude's got to be up there. <laughs> Somebody hold us accountable to this. We just came with two things that were really good that we won't remember at the end of this podcast. I am literally just going to name all the players named Roman. Um, <laughs> so it's going to be a good list for me. There's nice. only like six of us, so um, yeah. All right, so hey, Coco Golf, Sabalenka. Oh man, the let's go, Coco Golf. The fact that Coco Golf almost lost, um, she almost lost uh, <coughs> her last round, um, and it, this, the scoreline doesn't really look like it. But she was down in the first set, five one, came back and won that first set, which was wild. And then um, she lost the second set where she was up, and they both just kept breaking each other's wild, and then finished, which was great in the third set, but. That was a, I, I will say, it was the first time, especially in the Australian Open, that Coco Goff looked like a regular tennis player. Up until that point, yeah. she just looked better than everybody else. It's going to happen. That's, I mean, you're sure. playing the best. I yeah. could joke about center not playing anybody. All those guys are better than I've ever dreamed of. Oh, so sure, like, right. They're playing their best. 
Um, so you're going to have to get through a day where maybe you had an injury or you're not as good. It's it's incredible to watch some of these players. I, I don't know how many guys I've seen go up against Djokovic and they've got their hamstring wrapped and their ankles taped up. And I'm like, these guys are already beat up before they even get in the game. Yeah. And Djokovic is just healthy. Yep. You know, I mean, like, if, yeah. if it's the extra millions that he could spend on recovery and care, if it's right. his flexibility routines or whatever, but it's insane what the elite athletes have to do. I mean, if you looked at the money that um, – Russell Wilson was spending to stay healthy on the offseason. It was millions. Yeah. But it was an investment in himself. Yep. You know, so, like, I think at a certain level, some of these guys, it's a little bit of a cheat code to be able to have the team around them to keep them healthy and not have to do anything else. Right. But just uh, play tennis and not get hurt. I, I want to add, cause you, because you said something about the, the money aspect there. Um, there is a uh, – and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get his name as I'm talking about it. There is an individual in the Australian Open draw – um, who played? Um, he he's a uh, he played Shang in the second round. Um, he's going to be a nobody. You're not going to know who this guy is. I'm, I can't um, wait. Which is super okay. The anticipation is killing. Um, I really want to make sure that I get I get this right because it, his story is super cool. Um, man, why can't I find his name? Hey, intern, cue some music know, like right? some of the the Jeopardy theme song. I miss intern, by the way. James, can we just talk while Roman's doing his thing over here? Yeah, go ahead. You guys, you guys. <laughs> well, I, mean, I think it's interesting. We we mentioned Coco Golf and a few, you know, women's players, um, and then we we talk more about the the men's side of the draw. I think that's that's who we are as fans on a lot of sports fronts. But I mean, Coco Golf, I'm excited about the future for her. Her new cereal coming out. Yeah, she really. Yeah, Coco Golf. Doesn't that make you think of a cereal? Yeah, we all were talking like about Coco Golf. I don't know anything about tennis. I heard Coco Golf. And I was well, like, that look it up. Coco Golf's great. If she had a cereal, I would eat it. She might be on a Wheaties or something at some point. Maybe. But it's, it's pretty interesting to see. Like, I'm, I'm always a homer when it comes to the U.S. sports. So, like, I'll cheer for the, the U.S. players in the draw and get yeah. excited that we've got all these players and then realize we had more than everybody else. Oh. I found it. I found it. Um, Nagal. Uh, not he, not Nadal. No, Nagal, N-A-G-A-L. Yeah. Um, he uh, is an Indian player. Um, the first... Um, what? Indian? Indian. Okay. Uh, first Indian player to actually make it to um, the second round of a slam since like 1985. Um, but if you don't know, making it to the second round of the Australian Open gives you $125,000. Nice. Um, three months prior to the Australian Open, this man had $900 in his bank account. Um, and he had spent all his money on travel and um, like challenge tournaments for for tennis, right? And so just to qualify, just to qualify, yeah. and so to to get to um, the second round of the Australian Open, like it, literally life changing for him. Yeah. And um, they talked to him and they said, "Yes, now I can afford a real coach. Now I can afford the ability to go like you were talking about with um, Djokovic, is what, which is what reminded me of it to go, you know." actually get healthy fully and now recover I'm going to real debt. Yeah. Right. I mean and and it is I mean that is such a that is so cool to me yeah. that he was able to make that happen. Um which I think is a beautiful story. Uh and it, it kind of is unfortunate that like because Djokovic has also talked about this too is that there's only there's only so many players that really get the opportunity as far as money goes to to like continue that recovery and health process and and have the coaches that, that are like are able to like travel with you and do all right. these things there's only so many of those yeah and so that's why the top stays the top it's wild um you're talking about upcoming players or even amateurs or people right. who are just trying to to make it in nick dunlap 
won an amateur won the mm-hmm. uh, American Express event in golf. Yeah. Yeah. Um, gets zero prize money. Zero dollars. I mean, that doesn't help. Now he gets all these exemptions into major tournaments, and like sure. he can choose at that point. But like, wh- what are we talking about? Like, NIL money. It's like, if he's at a college somewhere, I know. He can get that paid. blows my mind. That yep. give the kid the money or I put know. it in a trust. I know. Something. So, like, yep. it, the, the rich get richer at some point in these, and the. Um, players who have endorsements, I wonder how much of that they're banking on. You know, some of those things, you know, how they how they sort of diversify what they spend their money on when it comes to recovery right. and stuff. But the endorsements are huge. Yep. Um, and tennis endorsements are weird. So you know, the Nikes and the you know the mainstream ones that we see in all other sports, the tennis have all these other endorsements. But this Nick Dunlap being able to win a tournament, it's one and, and not, a half. That's one half million dollars, and not getting the prize money. That's now he'll get an endorsement from that. Sure, I'm sure. But if he does nothing again, that one and a half million dollars, I'd take that all day long. One and a half million dollars. I would take that over the exemptions to the others. Exactly, dude. Because That's wild. He may not. Yeah. And it's like the, the, who was the guy last year that won a tournament or was competing to win a tournament? I forgot his name. Um, he was a, a, a golf pro. Oh, he's a pro. Yeah. Yeah. You're talking about. yeah, yeah and yeah. then the next tournament, maybe he won one. Then the next tournament, he, or the, he was leading, got to the final round, and then just. It was terrible, yeah, right? Yeah, in the yeah. next tournament, it was terrible. Yep. If he had a chance to take that $1.2 million, right? and he wasn't an amateur, but you take that. That's exactly. life-changing money for a 20-year-old. Absolutely, it is. Maybe not. In this economy, these days, with what 20-year-olds are making playing college sports, I know, $1.2 right? million dollars isn't not, a lot. I mean, not in golf, but yeah, right. I, I mean, I, I mean, I, the, the fact that like you can look at the score, like you just look at the top and you look at the prize money. I mean, like even Justin Thomas, who tied for third, six hundred thirty-five thousand dollars. I mean, like that is a <laughs> the fact that number one zero dollars in earnings and second place one point five million is that's wow. That, that should be illegal. I that mean, should be illegal. They're like. I, <laughs> I don't, and I don't like. Does that wait? I, and I, actually, I don't even know. Does do his earnings just then go to everybody else, and they all yep. get a piece of it? No, I think it or goes just down to second place. Second and it just gets, gets first. Second gets first. And I think it just goes. Oh my gosh, that's the so, sliding scale. That's infuriating. Um, wow, golf, you suck. Figure that out. <laughs> um, that's atrocious. All right. Um, so. Uh, an, by the way, golf will be the last one to figure that out. You're, you're They're the last lying. one to change any rules or traditions. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, we'll just make another league. <laughs> well, I mean, the, even Augusta National was like up until the '90s didn't have like women weren't allowed to be <laughs> uh, members of the yeah. club. Like that's wild. Uh, kind of Lisa Rice, I think, was the first member, yeah. uh, first female member of that. Anyway, that doesn't matter. <laughs> um, the baseball, it does. She's an awesome person. Well, it does. Sure, not in the context of our conversation. Today. No. Okay. Um, so the Baseball Hall of Fame. <laughs> Um, the there was voting uh, this week, right? And uh, some people got in. Uh, there was a couple first timers, and there are a few people that this was their last time and didn't make it. Um, yeah, we were talking about this Sunday night watching the Bills Chiefs game here at the church. Yeah. Um, and I was I was hoping Joe Maurer would, you know, I, I was surprised he got in on the first ballot. Yeah. Myself. Um, and it was close, but um, Adrian Beltre just. That shocked me with this ninety six percent or something like that. I mean, he's like, wow. I really had to like go look and like hold on. And there, there's a season of baseball. I said this before we went live after the steroid era, right? And how all that, you know, I was real excited about baseball during the McGuire Sosa years, not because of steroids, because it was exciting. And then baseball kind of 
looked down upon that, and it was their fault that I just kind of quit caring so much. Mm-hmm. And the Reds were historically terrible in that period of time, so it was hard to cheer for my own team, more or less cheer for players. Right. So there are a number of players over the last 20 years that I'm like, who are they again? Um, so I know people who are excited about Maurer. I know people who are excited about Beltre. He's Dominican. I was pumped for the the La Raza, the the country, right? You know, like yay. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. but when you get to like, um, you look at it for me personally. Um, there's just a big group of names that maybe I just doesn't mean as much to me um, as as it did when I was a kid, or if it's my my regular team. But yep. Well, it um, seems like the baseball Hall of Fame is getting watered down anyway. Like I don't know. It's, I think it's just an interesting so many players. I mean, yeah. it's it's tough. Yeah. Do you think it's you th- you, feel, you you kind of repeated that. Right. Sunday, you were like, you know, I think I think there is maybe too many people are getting in. They're real careful about first ballot and being yeah. unanimous and all this. Like, so like an almost a ninety six percent for Beltre is impressive. So I looked at that and I was like, he must have been. Yeah. Well, these are more so, memorable than I remember. So these are Joe Maurer stats, like yeah. career stats. Yeah, yeah. So somebody who I thought, in my opinion, deserved the, you know, the first ballot. Um, he finished with. 2,123 hits, mm-hmm. um, only 143 home runs, but like that's not what he was really known for. How many years? Um, you know? ooh, hold on, I could tell you here in a second. Um, we'll finish your stats. There. We'll, we'll uh, he had, um, oh, where did it go? Oh, uh, he had a career 306 batting average. Yeah, which if you can, if you if you bat over 300, I mean, you can. Um, I, in my yeah, opinion, for, you're almost guaranteed for stats are the riders. That's a huge marker. Absolutely, three thousand hits is a huge marker. Five hundred home runs. So if he's not making those, that right. that that three hundred batting average means a lot too. Right. So he had six uh, six All Star games. Um, he was the 2009 um, AL MVP. Yeah. Um, he missed it by he missed it unanimously by one vote, which is ludicrous. Um, because if you remember that season, Joe Maurer was an absolute beast. Um, no one Furtick remembers that season. Yeah, I bet no one Furtick remembers that Shout season. Shout out, no one. Yeah, dude. I know you're listening. Um, he three gold gloves and five silver sluggers, which I also think is super cool. I mean, yeah. I, he has he has the stats. Um, he also won. I, this doesn't really matter, I don't think. But he also won the home run derby in 2009, the year he won MVP. I think this is cool. is cool. Like he's a complete player compared to, you know, Bonds, who was a home run hitter. Right, yeah. and then Bonds. Not, not that Bonds couldn't also play defense, or if you took away all his home runs, he still had his on base percentage and things. He's he's an impressive athlete. Yeah. Um, if you took away all his home runs, he's not getting walked. By the way, somebody made this conversation the other day. Like, right. He's not getting walked at the rate he was if he wasn't a home run hitter. Right. He would be a regular player. Yeah. But so to see a, and I'm not saying Maurer by any means is a regular player. He's a first ballot Hall of Famer. But it, if I look at the percentages, I think they got it right of being first ballot, but yeah, but on the edge. Right, um, I was just caught off guard by how much more Beltre was v- valued by the writers in this right. scenario. Well, he's I mean, a, he was a quiet player too. He didn't. He wasn't in the media for anything. Like he just seemed yeah. like a clean guy. You know, I look yep. at Beltre. He four seventy seven home runs, two eighty six um, average, and he had over three thousand hits. So he was yeah, over three thousand hits, 3, almost five hundred home runs, and close yeah. to that three hundred batting average. So like that's. So I, I didn't know he was that thought, impressive. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. I mean, I you know, you look at, I mean, Joe Maurer led the league in batting average, um, 2006, 2008, and 2009, all well above 300, 347, 328, 365. He led the league in on-base percentage in 2009 and 2012, um, slugging percentage in 2000. I mean, 2009, he basically, if there was a stat for 2009, 
to like lead the league in. Joe Mauer did basically. And yeah. the whole time the twins were bad. And the whole time, dude, um, which is <laughs> which was rough. Um, but I I thought for sure. Oh, that was a book. Uh, I thought for lot, sure. Yeah, multiple books move. Oh no, Dietrich Bonhoeffer. Um, <laughs> I thought for sure Joe Mauer was was going to be was going to go in first ballot just because not just because of his 2009 season because I think that's the knock on him is people think that he had the 2009 season is considered as one of the best offensive seasons in Major League Baseball history um, from one player, uh, but he also was just steady. Um, but people don't really. Th- Look at that! Just because 2009 was so good. Hey, hey, my boy Bartolo Colon got five votes. By the way, good for him. He didn't deserve them, but good for him. He's starting. He's going to get there. Well, the and the, you see the guys that just <laughs> no shot. that just missed it though. Um, Billy Wagner, Gary Sheffield, Andrew Jones, Carlos Beltran, A. Rod, Manny Ramirez. Like, yeah, man. Yeah, so Sheffield is at 63, and what's the 70% of the vote? Is that the I think a minimum, a minimum 70, I think. So Andrew Jones, he's got three more years. Yep. Or, yeah, it's, it's his seventh year. To, to Beltran is only his second year. Some of these guys are going to get there, and that's what's interesting about Hall of Fame voting is you kind of look and see if they're going to rise up. I well, even the voting's not even done. So it said Sheff, it was Sheffield's last chance, but he can appeal for like a right. contemporary baseball player committee in next December. Like what? Yeah. Yeah, that's what, what I'm saying. What are we doing it's, here, dude? It's like, too watered down, man. You didn't make it. You didn't make it. Like, Gary, like, you swung your bat too hard, and, and your stupid stance was weird. But I kind of liked it. It was a very aggressive it was stance. I, it was iconic. Right. Um, yeah, so because he was iconic, and because of that list, I look as a fan, I look, and I'm like, oh, Gary Sheffield. Right. Like, if I was going through baseball cards, I'm pulling every one of those out, and I'm like, who's this Joe Meower guy? You know, yeah. like, yeah, I'm like, I'm not. <laughs> so then I'll figure it out, and I'm like, oh, well, he's really good. You know, he's a Hall of yeah. Famer. But Gary Sheffield is that player you're like, oh, wow, but he, but this about his character, and this about, mm-hmm. now he didn't have any huge moments or right. big team runs, and so he was, was he linked into the steroid conversation? This is what stinks, too. Is like, now he I'm trying to figure out, he like, was he there. a product of association or was he, he wasn't bonds in that conversation. It's just no. messy. Yeah. I, I don't, I'm tired of talking about it, really. Yeah. With the, because there's so many factors that aren't, that aren't really defined factors of yeah. what makes it, it's a moving target. Right. And then you give them a, hey, we're going to give you an a, extension on talking about it, whatever. Hey, just, another draft, top five best batting stances. Or betting, whatever you want to call it. Whatever. That. Hey, top Shot five big man pitchers. Bartolo Colon is dominating that, by the way. And big man pitchers? Big man pitchers. I mean, yeah, sure he is. I mean, him, David Wells. There's still a couple other guys. Guy Kenny will, Powers. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Powers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I am. I mean, I've said it before on the podcast, and it's a hot take, and there are people that honestly have, like, really not enjoyed my take on this, but, like, I'm I'm here for the steroids. Let it happen. Um, you can take them if you want. You don't have to. I don't respect you more if you don't take them. I just want to let you guys know, if for all of you baseball players that care about my opinion, I don't care if you take steroids or not. Do you think steroids eventually is going to be regulated like, this is a weird conversation, marijuana is in culture today. Like when I was a kid, marijuana was, right. you know, they were at all these um, dare drug campaign things. Oh, yeah. And marijuana was like, you know the worst thing you could hear about and now especially in our culture here where mm-hmm. the state is sort it's of legalized legal. you're like oh yeah i mean it's laughable right. um as a conversation so like is steroids eventually going to be regulated to where there are benefits from it for recovery aspect right and you're not letting people abuse it just to become a physical is, you know, yeah so like <laughs> it's such a complicated conversation and because baseball has either been 
absolutely no, or if you're a yes guy, that you're like you're you're not a purist in our sport. Right. That's um, what it is. If there's, you looked at sports who are, man, they're they're so in love with their traditions. We talk about oh, golf never changing their minds. Baseball's right there with it. Yeah, they and are. And they could say we made the bases bigger or this or that. We still haven't admitted that the ball's juice. We still haven't admitted that yeah. we're 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 catering rules for different types of play. And then we won't admit that the steroid era was partially our fault. And right. you loved baseball then, and mm-hmm. and we don't want to admit that that was something that we let happen. Well, right? we baseball needed it. Like I, I think that baseball refuses to admit that if Sammy Sosa and 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 uh, Mark McGuire didn't weren't taking steroids or had a corked bat, baseball would would have been dead. So Conspir- is that a conspiracy theory? Was it planted there? Did I'm they sure. do that on I'm purpose? I'm here for all of it. And, uh, and even if it, I mean, like Mark McGuire has said on many occasions that like so the steroids that he was taking were legal when he was taking them right. and then they got banned the next year and so he still has an asterisk on his which is really unfortunate because when he was taking them they were legal um and then they stopped and then yeah. he, whatever uh, who cares i mean uh, but the reality is is that without those things we don't have those seasons i don't think we don't have the the excitement that comes from that and then baseball continues in that struggle and potentially goes bankrupt. I mean, that is how serious baseball was in trouble. Well, and the conversation about the Hall of Fame being watered down, it's not about watered down because of the athletes that are getting put in, in my opinion. It's the standard by which you could say they're Hall of Famers or not. And because the best athletes in certain period of time aren't in the names, aren't in the number of those who who are judged as Hall of Famers, then I don't care who you say is a Hall of Famer because these players are better than the people that you just put in. Right. And part of that is your doing. Yeah. And so if, unless somehow there's a, an acknowledgement of, hey, we failed, yeah. you know, and we've diminished. You know, I'd love to see some class action lawsuits for some of these guys and say, hey, you've, you've, it's, it's been against my character for, for these rules to have changed and for me to, to look like a monster right. steroid user whenever I was actually doing what was still. Now, some of these guys were going... And doing things that they shouldn't have done. Right. So it's 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 a it's a two sided conversation. But baseball, basketball, football, all the sports have some kind of ugly skeleton in their closet. Whether it's concussions and concussion protocol, we were upset with Stafford not getting checked out the other day when it was an obvious concussion. Yeah. So don't tell me you care about it and then not care about it. Yeah. In in the in the biggest moments, right? And so baseball's right there. They care about it, but in their biggest moments. They don't care about it, right? No, when and it's so like as a fan, don't tease me with that. I want to know, and I want to know what the standards are of greatness. Yeah, and and I don't want, I don't want to have to figure out. And and maybe maybe I'm an idiot for not knowing how good out, um, Carlos Beltran is or whatever, or Adrian how yeah. Adrian Beltran. I'm yeah. not even saying he's a, it's all right, dude. Yeah, okay. There's I mean, a Beltran. Yeah. So, so yeah. I mean, maybe maybe there are guys who are like, what? How's he even on the radio? Well, we're barely so whatever. right exactly. But when when baseball can can acknowledge that it's not as easy, yeah. And it, I'm a huge Pete Rose guy. We're gonna get to my top five list. I'm not gonna give it away, but I mean, I yeah. grew up loving right Pete Rose, and yeah. and I don't I don't want to be ashamed of that. No, absolutely. No, I mean I, the fact that Pete Rose, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, and Barry Bonds will never be in the Hall of Fame is a joke to baseball. Yeah. I mean, and, and for different reasons, obviously. Sure, for different reasons, but like. But now, there, how much money is getting made off legalized gambling? Yeah, it is wild, dude. And players can now gamble yeah, on think, other sports. Right. And I think things, Pete so Rose is a completely different conversation 
but I think they all sort of fall into the same, like they were helpful, like you were saying, and, and baseball was cool with it. And then when they could... Well, the writers in baseball can control the narrative. Of course they can. To make Pete Rose look like he was never the best of all time. Right. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, you talked about football a little bit. We're going to talk about the NFL. Um, I, I think that... Uh, so I just want to make sure that we we hit the we hit the ones. We got um, Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, um, Joe Maurer, and then... Uh, Is it... Uh, coach Marlins coach uh, Jim Leland yeah. Leland yeah yeah man glad to see him get in he yeah. deserved that all day he's also a Detroit coach right yeah Detroit. Yeah, yeah, yeah so I'm he I actually enjoyed him as a manager when he got angry it was really funny in a while his whole mm-hmm. face just like looked like a goblin and he looked old forever yeah he did he looked like he was old when he was born like yeah. it was wild you look at some of his like early pictures and you're like is he what? <laughs> um, but um, it'd be interesting to know you guys listening if you have any desire to comment Somehow, somewhere, let us know what your thoughts were on. In Spotify, there's actually a comment section. See, there you go. On Spotify, comment. I'd love love to to comment on a couple of our videos. Yeah, give me a hard time (laughs) for for messing up the names on all-time greatest athletes. Carlos Beltran. Um, However, he honestly a great athlete. Um, So, uh, but um, the NFL happened. The playoffs are still going on. Uh, We had the... Uh, Chiefs Bills game, and we had uh, what was, so there were some other games going on. Uh, <laughs> Lions Bucks, yeah, and which uh, was a great game. It was kind of said it, it could be, and it was. Yeah. Um, then we had uh, Packers in San Francisco, and Baltimore, and who did they play? Golly, dude, what? I can't even remember who. Baltimore you can't remember played. who Baltimore because I didn't care because Baltimore was going <laughs> to win the game. Like it never mattered to me. Who did Baltimore play? I don't even remember. Who That's how sad. That, are you laughing because you don't know either and you don't want to say who it is? Oh, my gosh. Nobody. Yes, absolutely. Who is it? Oh, my goodness. With, I'm, I'm totally blanked. That's right. Exactly right. Tex- I don't like Texans. The Texans. Oh, the Texans. That's right. That's right. Oh, uh, the Texans. That's why I never watched that wow. game nor cared about it. There you go. Hey, James got ads going on. You got a sponsorship over, over here. here. Oh my James, goodness. you better share some of that sponsorship. We're canceled because we don't know what ads you got coming up. I got <laughs> the Texans. Sorry, fans. The Texans. It's still oh, that was no. I'm not sorry. Well, second half of that game, Lamar put it to bed. Yeah, he he, did. he looked great. He did. I think he's by far the MVP of the league. Yeah, I hate that because I don't. During the regular season, I think it was Christian McCaffrey. Um, and then right, and then it's did he break the Madden curse? Christian McCaffrey? No. Um, oh, Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Wasn't he on just on Madden? Uh or was that a year or two ago? Maybe. I don't remember. I can't I don't play Madden anymore. Yeah. Um and you don't like we'll talk about gaming consoles here just for a second. Like you don't have to buy the games anymore. Like within the, like yeah. it's just all digital for the most part. Like there's a whole play like I the PlayStation that I have is only digital. Like I literally can't go buy a disc to put in there because there's no slot for a disc to go into. So it's a weird like it's like CDs when they had artwork and the cover and all that thing. None so of that exists anymore. I mean, anymore. it does exist, but like I don't like, ever go. If buy you it. wanted to learn cheat codes on a game, you had to go buy a magazine, and now you just mm-hmm. just look it up online. Yeah, you, you Google it. So I mean, the Baltimore Texans. I think we all pick Baltimore. Yeah, yeah. So that was a that was a no brainer pick. I think San Francisco and Green Bay was a much closer game than it should have been. Right. Um, and, and and I say that because, like, it's not like I think Jordan Love played exceptionally well. It's not like I thought Green Bay came out and was just crushing it. San Francisco just looked flat. It's interesting. Those two games back-to-back, if you look at what the Ravens were able to do second half yeah. to figure out the Texans and put that game away, 
And as 49ers fans should be concerned that they couldn't do what the Ravens were able to do with the Packers. Because I think it's it's sort of the same conversation. Right. you got a young quarterback who's playing really good. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Love's been in league a little longer, but um, they really got it together by the end of the year. Yeah. Um, their defenses were pretty strong. And the 49ers couldn't figure out a way to put that game away. And, in fact, if it wasn't for Andrews Carlson missing a field goal, that game would have – could have went in overtime. And, and kickers had a rough weekend. Yeah, they did. Um, but, the man, um, one, of the, one of the announcers asked um, Packers coach about – I guess at some point it asked him about kickers, and he said, yeah, I just close my eyes and pray sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> and that got brought up live. Ooh. And so it, it called out Matt LaFleur on that. Nice. And he was not happy about it. He was like, you know, well, some things are taken out of context, and I hate that it comes out that way. Right. Because it, it makes it seem like he doesn't have faith in his kicker. And I think the conversation is in Green Bay. I don't have faith in any kicker because the wind is terrible. Right. Uh, maybe kicking is hard. It is. There's like an inch that you can sort of miss that ball, and you're you may not even kick it in the field of play. You miss by a whole inch on a football, like <laughs> it's going directly yeah. left. So and it was a really pass. it was really a tough conversation for him to have to manage. Right. Where I bet he never talks to the media again about his players. I bet. And that sucks, um, but probably. Yeah. But the, for the 49ers, I worry about them a little bit. Yeah, they did not look. They've, they've, they've struggled against good teams. They've struggled against the Ravens. They've struggled they against good teams. Against and the sometimes they just didn't put away. And then that's the difference between, um, you know, Mahomes and everybody else. Right, you, you can't have your quarterback with a sixty-one percent QBR rating. Right, like that, you got to do better. What's well, Brock Purdy? I mean, like, listen, that's what we've been saying. The fa- that's why consistently, I was so opposed to him being the MVP of the league because he's he's only he's not the MVP of his team. No, so he, he only has he only has those stats because of yard after catch because Brandon Ayuk, <laughs> um, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, Christian McCaffrey are all the best in their field at yards after the catch. So like. Brock Purdy throws a 10-yard pass that goes for 70 yards because of his receivers yeah. and who he's throwing to, not because of him throwing the ball downfield 30 yards. He is a he is a he is an average game manager at best because of the talent around him. You put him on like if you were to switch CJ Stroud and Chris and, and um and Brock Purdy, one, I think I think Brock Purdy looks like a chump. He looks terrible. Um, and then C.J. Stroud, really, he's the MVP, he's going to be the next coming right. of whoever, right? Well, it helps have players around to keep you relevant in the conversation of Absolutely. being a starting athlete. And that's not his fault. Like, I'm so, not, like, yeah, no, I don't so want to make it a knock on Bryce Young, I asked, uh, I asked a Panthers fan the other day, I was like, Nick, our yeah. boy Nick, I said, hey, how long do you think Bryce Young gets a chance to be elite in the NFL because he's on the Panthers? There, there's not hope in sight for them in no, the next right. two to three years. Yep. And so for Bryce Young, he either gets traded because they get a great draft pick, mm-hmm. or he just rises above. But I don't think he has the measurables to do that without a team around him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and yet again, not his fault. Yeah. But there's yeah. only so much you can do. Yeah. Like, and do I think C.J. Stroud all of a sudden made Nico Collins and Tegdale some sort of incredible athletes? No, they were good. Um, now, C.J. Stroud had the, you know, the ability to throw the ball downfield and the – gumption to do it i guess um but he's he's really accurate yeah he's a a good player he's really he's a good player Um, before we get too far away from it san francisco they're rushing they only had two players in positive rushing yards and that was christian mccaffrey with 98 and brock purdy with 14 
Wow. Yeah, I mean, they're not. Juwan Jennings had negative one yard. That's who Mac McCaffrey's always been. Is yeah, it's not running back by committee. He's the um, man. So I mean, they've got some good guys. I think they've got guys that could. Well, they've got some guys that could play for other teams and maybe not at the highest level. Yeah. Um. So you would think they would run the ball more. I'm surprised they didn't. But mm-hmm. um, you know, they got a lot. When when Debo Samuel got hurt, it was like they didn't know what to do for a while. Right. And that's scary. Yeah, um, but uh, the other games that happened, um, Chiefs Bills was incredible. I think it was a heck of a game to watch. It always is. It always is. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, it it comes down to a wide right field goal miss by the Bills, which is who they are. It did, but I don't know if that's the reason why. I just not why they lost. I think it came down to a couple of completions that should have been made. They shouldn't have been kicking a field goal. If they I wanted agree. to win that game, in fact, when he, when they lined up to kick, I almost thought, almost said out loud, they need to go for this. Because what what good does a tie do for them? Right. Mahomes is just going to drive down. They're either going to kick a field goal or going to score. Yeah. So the Bills, you've tried to do enough to not lose for the last three years against Mahomes, yep. and you haven't been able to beat him. So why not just go try to win the thing? Right. You know, if, if you believe in your team enough, and man, Diggs just didn't look like he looked terrible a, a top tier athlete in awful. that game, yep, which stinks. Yeah. And, and he is a top tier athlete. Yep. But for some reason, I don't know what what it takes for him to have that edge. Three receptions for twenty one yards. Yeah. Terrible, and then man. Gabe Davis wasn't even playing. He didn't play. I know. So which is you know Shakira Shakira or whatever his name was Shakira looks um, look like their top guy right. So the the Bills man I don't. They can't kick a field goal and hope that they go to overtime. Right. When they the year before they just lost in overtime in a scenario where if they had it to do over again they probably would have done everything to not give Patrick Mahomes the ball to win the game. Right. And they were going to do it and they did. Yeah. No. I. I mean, and it was. I mean, I don't. I don't even think it was Patrick Mahomes that really is the one that like like gave them the win. Like I. I don't get me wrong. I think he played well. But Isaiah Pacheco was incredible. Yeah. That dude runs so hard. Yeah. I mean, it, even it's funny. Even when he's like open field, it's still like he's stomping the ground like yeah. he, as hard as he possibly can. He's fun can. to watch. Yeah. He's a great player. And it's something that Kansas City has been lacking for a long time. Right. He's a great runner. And this is the best defense Kansas City has ever had. Yep. And like they made it, there was a stat that they said during the game that I didn't that I didn't know about. You didn't know I'm a Chiefs fan, um, but Hold on, what? it's crazy, right? Um, so they haven't given up a 300 yard passer all season, and there hasn't been a team that has scored 30 or more points on them all season either. That's wild. Yeah. That's to me that the league should be really afraid of Kansas City this year. Yes, because they still have Mahomes and they have him healthy. Where last year he wasn't, and he still did Mahomes things. I know, but their defense is good. They haven't been winning on defense in the years past, and their running game they. They seem like they have it figured out. Yeah. And in the playoffs, if your defense and your running game can be good, you can win. Yeah. So no, I mean, we've seen in the past, New York Giants, that's how Eli Manning beat Tom Brady twice. I think the most impressive thing from the Bills-Chiefs game for me was Kelsey. Yeah? Jason Kelsey. Oh, he was going to say, like, I don't know. <laughs> no, I mean, he was <laughs> – Travis, Travis did good. He scored two touchdowns. Yeah. Jason Kelsey – is a man amongst so men. His, I mean, he took the shirt off and was screaming, and he was up in the booth, uh, up in the box with Taylor Swift. 
but he's dragging. He's he he climbed out of the window into the Bills fans and was pulling young girls up with their signs to meet Taylor shirtless. <laughs> right, right. He was pre gaming with the Bills yes. mafia, drinking out of a bowling ball. Because he's awesome. this guy's a wild man. He is what America loves about football. Yes, I think. And for me, I love his story right more than the Travis. Taylor Swift conversation, sure. one because it's overplayed already. Right, I mean, we were watching. We're like, how many commercials is I know Travis Kelsey so in many. as he's playing a game? There's three or four different types of commercials. Jason Kelsey just man, oh man, he just he wanted he wanted he made me want to root for the Eagles. You know, I know he's going to retire. Yeah, but for a for a for a player from an opposing squad to be able to come down, and and I'm sure the the Bills fans. If that was a different type of player, there could have been right. some kind of issue there. We were just picking up random kids, and it was awesome. No, it was awesome. If you were to tell me that... You should do that at a pickleball game. Nope. One that your wife's playing in. No, absolutely not. Um, if you were to tell me that Patrick Mahomes only threw for 215 yards, yeah. only completed 17 passes, I would have told you that they were going to lose a game every time. If they were down um, by if they were down by four, if that was a touchdown instead of a missed field goal... He, yeah. he would have thrown the ball for 70 more yards. He probably would have been over 300. Right. Like, they would have, he would have made that drive. Sure. 25, he would have been yeah. a 75-yard drive at the end, and they would have won. Yeah. I mean, like, I, and so I, and it's because he didn't have to. Right. I believe that Patrick Mahomes is absolutely capable of that. Yeah. But the fact that, like, he didn't have to. Yeah. Is because he, but he, because up until this point, he's basically always had to. And what a relief that must be for him to be like, you know what? I can, like, my defense. Not that it's been terrible in the past, but to, for him to be able to fully rely on his defense to get the stop when it's necessary. Now that didn't that didn't happen all game. Um, I mean, there wasn't. I mean, the second punt didn't happen until like late in the third, I think. Yeah. And and so, I, but when it mattered in the third and the fourth quarter, Kansas City's defense showed up, and I can imagine that for Patrick Mahomes, that was really nice to see. Did um, you guys see uh, Demar Hamlin get in for a rush? Oh my gosh, dude! I'm so tired of hearing about it's him. It's like they're he's, setting him up. He's going to win comeback player of the year, right? He's a defensive right? player. He's going to win comeback player of the year, right? Um, which is so frustrating because, in my opinion, it should be Baker Mayfield. Um, right. I Cam- mean, like Hamlin didn't do anything. No, and he did literally nothing. I mean, regular season, he he plays what like six or seven snaps, two tackles. Can, like, that's his now season. He's a, now we he's a say, running back. It's not his fault. <laughs> he. It's not like he's Patrick Mahomes. It's not like he was an elite athlete. It's kind of his fault if he's not good. No, but he was good enough to be in the league as as a as a non mainstream defensive player. That's who he was. He was getting in the game. He wasn't like he was a lockdown corner right. out there. And you're like, oh, I can't believe it. This, the game's never going to be the same again. I mean, it, it, I feel bad for him because he kind of got put in this conversation where everybody wants to make a hero out of him. He's just some dude trying well, not, to make it. I'm not blaming Demar Hamlin. I blame yeah. the league and the media for right. creating that narrative. Yeah. Like, oh, and they did, and they did, and it's so frustrating. And don't get me wrong, I am like, I'm glad that he is healthy. I'm glad he is able to play in the NFL. Um, I mean, he is a greater athlete than I will ever be, um, you know, post-death on the field, right? Yeah. Like, but if we're talking about actual, like, meaning to the game, Baker Mayfield, like, touches the ball every time he's on the field. Yeah, I think Flacco, Mayfield, you got some guys. I love I, I love the Joe Flacco narrative. Yeah. Um, but be- Baker Mayfield going into the second round of playoffs. Yeah. Um, first full year following Tom Brady is impressive. 
Well, I think it changed. I mean, we were just talking about Bryce Young or Brock Purdy, and what does the the team and the coaching staff around you have to do? It, it, you're either Baker Mayfield almost out of the league, or you're ba- Baker Mayfield, yeah, possibly winning two two um, playoff games. Right, right? Which he's is, he's a good player, and I think the margins between these players, Mac Jones and some of these other guys who were once kind of good, and they're now they're not even starting, is that? Yeah. It's, do you have the right players around you? Do you have the right coaching situation around you? Um, so, I mean. Baker, uh, I mean, they, so obviously the Bucks lost 23-31. Heck of a game to watch. Yeah. Um, ended, sadly, with a Baker Mayfield interception. Um, heck of an interception. It was a great interception. What? Uh, he threw it right to him. The guy made a great play. I mean, he, yeah, he turned on it. He, he, he was a linebacker. He turned on it, jumped, and caught it. For it a linebacker, a, that's why he's not a receiver. It was so, a, I mean, that's a bad read on Baker. Sure. Play. Sure, it it was. Um and it was, but he had made a lot of those. He, the, I mean, so he was he two picks, I mean, three three hundred forty nine yards. Uh, he, he threw for three hundred forty nine. He's a heartbroken yards. Bucks fan. Over I here. know. I was he like, is. Man, he was so heart- aggravated. Like, all right, here it comes. Let's drive it down. Give nope. him this moment. He needs this. Nope. Let's talk about it. Sure. Are you I mean, we talk about Mike Evans for a second with one hundred forty seven yards. Are you th- are you at least excited? Hey. You were in a second playoff game this year to win. Yeah. Like, that's incredible. Yeah. I was mad that the, the Colts couldn't catch a fourth down attempt to make the playoffs. Right. But I don't think they would have beaten the the Browns. No. I don't think they would have competed in the first half with the Ravens. I mean, the Texans the were obviously a better team. Yeah. I mean, to say, to say that, like, Baker Mayfield beat the Eagles. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's no joke. Yeah. And it, it lets the Bucks go into next year knowing we've got our quarterback. Yeah, I feel that makes if, me if they didn't make the playoffs, or if they if he got embarrassed by the Eagles, yeah. he would have been in the same old conversation about Baker Mayfield, which is unfortunate. Yeah. It's not like he got embarrassed by Detroit. I mean, like he played well. Yeah, yeah. and we're talking one bad read at the end of the game, which sucks. But he's also forced. I mean, the defense knows he has to throw it. There was there was what fifty five seconds left. Yeah, like he. They know he has to throw, so he, they're already in prevent defense. He's on his own ten yard line, mm-hmm. so all these throws are going to be a little bit forced. So if if Baker Mayfield is on the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes is on the Bucks, the Bucks win it all. Yeah, uh, maybe good defense. They got a great defense. Yeah, they got some really good receivers. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean so I mean, yeah. there are only a handful of guys that you could say that about. If yeah. you put golf, if you swap golf, and you put Baker Mayfield on the Lions and golf, I mean, it's it's the, the same situation is going to kind of happen. Right. So there's only a handful of guys we can have this conversation you that could can change anywhere. Yeah, and then the, yeah, yeah. But, um, but the Bucks, they've got a good team. They, they were nine and eight going into it, which is disappointing. Yeah, and you know their whole division was just a minefield of mediocrity. But they figured they, it out. They, late. they didn't get enough pressure on golf, though. No, they only put two sacks. Oh, I know. You know I thought that was going to be. I thought they were going to. And he's he's the most Matt Ryan like. Yeah, someone's at my feet. I'm gone. I know, and <laughs> so. that's what I thought. I thought Tampa Bay was going to light him up, or at yeah. least make him move, and they just didn't. It makes the lines look dangerous um, if they can they they protect weapons, the pocket. Man. They got yeah. a lot of weapons. Um, and dude, twice in a row, you have what's going on with you? And um, hold on, did Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz to the Lions. Yeah, um, which is a big deal uh, because he's not like I don't know. He's he's older, but like it's not like he's he's a savvy veteran that he's can gonna, help. Yeah, yeah, he's going to catch the ball. You yeah. know, if he yeah he's he's Available for the NFC Championship. He's, a, he's a poor man's Travis Kelsey. If you think, I'm, I mean, he's not poor, obviously, but like. I would agree with that statement. <laughs> he's a second. He's Great a second. Value, Travis Kelsey. Second red zone option from tight end at, for sure. So if you've got Laporta, yeah. who can do what Laporta's been doing, hurt, and yeah, um, Ertz at his age doing yeah. what he can do with the other guys on that team, that's that's a big deal. It if is. he can pick it up, if he can come in, and it's really only a handful of plays for him. 
Yeah. It's this third down play or these yeah. red zone plays come in and make it make them have to decide whether they're going to double team one of our main guys and if not catch yeah. the ball and he can do that. It'll be I'm I'm only slightly worried about team dynamic um because sure. he's just some random guy coming not a some random guy. He's he's a good dude. Like I don't think he's bringing in like trouble the locker room. Yeah. But like Detroit has this feel about them where like they have this like they are a, a close knit yeah. family yeah. kind of vibe, and to add one more guy l- as late in the season as you can possibly add someone to be like, oh, so what? You thought that we weren't good enough on our own? I'm There's, a, I'm to a, take receptions possibly for somebody else. Right, I'm a There's no entitlement from this this team yet, though. I hope if, not. if they were a Super Bowl winning team, and then he came in late, and they're like, we didn't need you last year, we don't need you this year. They have not been anything for a long time, so I right. think they're gonna they're gonna be excited to have the opportunity. Yeah, I don't necessarily think that it's like we didn't need you or whatever, yeah. but I think a lot of it is like we've done like this is we have who we are, like this is who yeah. we are, and it's not that we don't need you, but well, it's like you didn't grind with us all season with Aiden Hutchinson. Like we are Michigan. Yeah, like, like he he could run for governor of and win Michigan. And absolutely, it's a great amazing. time. It's insane that, right now. Holes, he cleans his face up. Dude, that stupid eye black over his eyes. Oh my gosh, it's so frustrating <laughs> to look at. The fact they let him run free on one of those plays and sack Baker Mayfield. Oh, I'm like, how does he wide up? That's wild. Impressive. Um, all right, so uh, we have the NFC and AFC championships this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Um, Chiefs. Ravens, yeah, not the Texans, not the Texans. Chiefs, Ravens, <laughs> and, and uh, Lions, Forty Nine ers. And so, if you look at, mm. if you believe in the Super uh, Super Bowl logo conspiracy, it yeah. will be the Forty Nine ers and the Ravens. The because Ravens of the win colors. it all. Yeah. Um, my son believes in that. Would it not be this weekend with Chiefs and Ravens? Could be, could be. Um, but red, and pur- red and purple. It's got to be the Super Bowl, I guess. Red and purple. Red and purple. Um, so we'll talk. We'll go Chiefs, Ravens first. Um, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna be a homer and I'm gonna pick the Chiefs. Yeah. I, I think that uh, I think it's gonna be a good game. Like I don't I don't necessarily think that it's gonna be a blowout. Um, if it is a blowout, unfortunately, I think it'll be a Baltimore. Like Baltimore will be the team that wins. Yeah, I think um, it's only at, like it's a three and a half point. Kind right, of a, and I, and I don't like I said I don't think it'll be a blowout. But if it is, I think the Ravens are the ones that are capable of the blowout, not the Chiefs, really. Yeah. Um, but I I don't know, man. I I struggle ever saying Patrick Mahomes isn't going to be in a game. And if it's going to be close at the end, I trust the individuals who he's, I mean, Patrick Mahomes has literally been in every AFC championship that he has been been a a starter in the NFL. That's incredible. That is a wild stat. That is ludicrous. Luda. Um, So, so far in all my picks, I've only missed the, the Eagles bucks pick, which I think everybody you know sure. I mean? So like I was I was thinking with my head on all these picks, my phone just wants oh to be on the ground this three times. <laughs> I don't you you probably can't hear it, but if you could watch us live, we're we're barely hanging on. All right, so um this is the first pick I'm picking with my heart. Um because yeah, no one could convince me that Patrick Mahomes isn't going to win this matchup because he wins the matchups. Yeah. Because he always does what he does. And because they look better right now than they have all year long. Yeah. Um my heart says Lamar Jackson wins the Super Bowl. I want it to happen. Yeah. I do. Really? I do. Why? And one, because I, I I am impressed with what he did at Louisville. Yeah. So like I'm from that area when he was playing college and Yeah. And then everyone's always told him you're a receiver or you're a running back, you're not a quarterback. Yeah. He's his own man he's his own agent, him him and his mom. I mean, like yeah. 
he he got hurt last year, and people people are saying, oh, well, he's not playing because he got hurt in the contract. No, this dude is he'll play. He yeah. he'll play. Yeah. So I want to see. I want to see not the Ravens. I want to see Lamar Jackson win. And now I don't know if it can happen, right? No. I think the Chiefs are are better overall because of what Mahomes can do. Mm-hmm. But um, the Ravens are good. The yeah, defense good has been elite this year. If you look team. at, they are one of the, one of the best, if not the best. And they've got really good players around him. Odell Beckham's playing good. Zay Flowers looks good right now. Yeah. Um, they've got uh, Mark Andrews back. Yeah. Um, Dalvin Cook looked. Like he's ready to run the ball. I know he's and wild. If, so, well, hopefully with Mark Andrews coming back though, they need to keep likely involved because he was actually yeah. playing pretty good. He's playing really well. So I think I feel like they've got a little more firepower. It's hard to say that Mahomes um, and the Chiefs aren't going to win, but um, right. but my heart says um, Lamar Jackson. So I'm going with Lamar Jackson Quite. and the Ravens. Has there ever been brothers that have won championships in the same season? Um, you got Harbaugh coming off the dub. Well, they oh. they had a chance against each other, but they could, both couldn't win. I, say, I mean, the Kelsey brothers played each other. Yeah, the Harbaugh's Ravens 49ers yeah. with Kaepernick, and then yeah, the no, power I outage. I don't know. Not that I not that I know of. That that you know that's gonna be a heck of a storyline. I know. Uh, I'm gonna go Chiefs. Yeah. I just I, the Ravens got to prove it first. Chiefs yeah. have been there. They know what's going on. I, I'm just going with the veteran situation right now. Uh, that and that's usually, neither one. I'm going to hurt my man, feelings. That's usually but. my pick. It's like I'm going to go with until you until you beat them, like Bills. Until you beat the Chiefs, I'm picking the Chiefs every time. Yeah. Um, I think the Ravens have just been close, and they've had some really bad luck with injuries. Yeah. Lamar's injury last year. Um, every running back they've ever had the last five years, it seems like. Right. Um, and right now, they they're healthy. So Lamar looks he looks elite. Yeah. And not as a, not as necessarily an explosive runner, but he's making elite decisions in passing. Yeah. So if he can do that, I worry about that a little bit with him. Like, is he gonna is he gonna make the right move at the right time? But well, he didn't pass very elitely in his last game. He only had like yeah. 120 yards or something like that. But he also had 100 rushing yards. So yeah. like, it, like he didn't have to. He didn't have They're, to. They kind of they make me feel like the Eagles last year, where yeah. the Eagles last year were like, we'll pass on you, and if you won't let us pass, we're gonna run the ball. Yeah. And it, the Ravens seem like they could do whatever they want right now. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it'll be. It'll, I think it'll be a great. I think it'll be a great game. I mean, obviously, it's the NFL playoffs for the most part. I think they're all great games. Um, all right, and then uh, 49ers, Lions. Um, this is the one that I'm most intrigued with. I, I'm probably going to go with the Lions. See, I picked Lions in, in Miami. Miami ended up being a laughable sort of pick yeah. as they fell apart at the end of the year. But the Lions, for me, just seem to be getting everything together at the right time. Yeah. I'm not going to – I want to pick the Lions just so I can say I told you so. Sure. But um, but the 49ers, they look like they were going to win it all last year without not having a quarterback. Right. And they they didn't have a quarterback. I know. McCaffrey was throwing the ball last year for them in, in at the end of the season. So, like, at yeah. the end of the playoffs. So – uh, I'm gonna go with the Lions. I'm gonna stick with it. All right, stick with the Lions. James, this is a tough one. Um, I think this, hopefully it's gonna be a good game. I have been wanting the Niners to win the Super Bowl, but yeah. I think this matchup right here is gonna cause a problem. I think the Lions are too deep for them. Oh gosh, we all just three picked the Lions. We I don't know. That's a, like I want to. I literally want to say 49ers, but I don't think they're gonna do it. Yeah, my head tells me 49ers. Like, and it's historically, it's all the things. Their their defense has been disappointing to me. I had them all year. I picked them in the in my fantasy team, 
And they didn't get the pass rush last week that I thought they were going to get. Yeah. They did not. They did not. Yeah. And so if if Goff can just sit back there and sling it, he's a Super Bowl quarterback. He's he been is. there. He has. Um, there, there's some momentum with the Lions right now that it just feels like it's destiny. Well, it's a seven point line right now. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, I which, it's a lot. It's a lot, man. I mean, I I don't see that. I cannot believe it's not three, three and a half. Um, yeah. But I I think the Lions then jump on it. Absolutely Make not. some money for Winterfest for the youth group. Nah, I'm, you know, um, nope. That's not going to happen. Anyone listening, interest, that's sir. not happening. I'm not <laughs> doing that. Um, Good no, answer. Good answer. I think it's a – I that is like – I mean, obviously I'm going to watch both games, but I think the, the Detroit defense is what changes this game completely. Yeah. If they can get a couple of Brock Purdy turnovers, I think it could be, it could be closer to the 34-10 mark. Um, just, yeah. just because of like lions run away with it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, especially late. Um, I, Brock Purdy looked like a deer in the headlights last game. And I only think that, and I only think Detroit has a better defense slash. We don't care if we hurt you a little bit kind of mentality. Yeah. And it's clearly they, clearly they play that way. Yeah. And I mean, I don't think we should pretend like Brock Purdy didn't see that. And he got a stinger this year and was like, oh, you're and like that was frustrating to see. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I think he, I think he's in his own head a little bit. Barring no injuries and a healthy Debo Samuel, you know. But I think I think Brock Purdy. I don't think does home field have anything to do with this? Right. You're taking so, him off the turf. Does yeah. that matter? Or you think? I, I mean, I think the Lions still have it. But yeah. I don't feel like last game. That's who Brock Purdy is. I think he's. I don't think he's elite, but I think he's really good. Um, I think he knows his role. He is a game manager. I don't. I don't think that's any negative connotation in that at all. Um, so he's he's won a lot of games. I think a lot of I think Garoppolo won a lot of games with the 49ers. You say like are we I mean <laughs> so, like is he is Brock Purdy winning the games or are the people around him winning the games and he's just ensuring the ball gets in their hands 5 yards away from him? No, you have Christian McCaffrey. Like I just I struggle like and that's my biggest because Jimmy Garoppolo was also in the exact same position in the championship, right? I mean like do I think that Brock Purdy is any better than Jimmy Garoppolo? Right. Which is a, which is like a weird statement to make because like he like it seems like it during the season, but if you look at like statistic like as far as like how far he's throwing the ball down the field, um, you know what yards after the catch are from the people from receivers and Christian McCaffrey, yeah. like it's really similar, and. It, maybe he makes a few better decisions than Jimmy Garoppolo at the, at the end of games, which is a big deal. I think that's the main. Uh, I think I think um, I think Brock Purdy will stand in the pocket and take a lick, take a hit before Jimmy Garoppolo will. Well, he's got a moneymaker to protect, right? So I think Brock Purdy plays with that Baker Mayfield edge. I hope so. More than someone like Garoppolo. And, uh, do you think Goff or Purdy's the? I mean, they're both kind of game managers. I mean, Jared Goff. Goff? Yeah, Jared Goff. Th- he'll throw that thing though. Yeah, I mean, he'll I, he'll throw it down the field. I would. I. I but I he'll know. also protect himself. Yeah, I mean, he runs and gets scared. Right? So like, I mean, like where Mahomes puts himself in harm's way, 
and somehow never it makes winning tackled. plays. Can we talk about the fact? Can we talk about that? Because there's there's a conspiracy about that. Nobody like, wants to hit him. There have been moments where like it looks like nobody wants to hit. Nobody him. wants to hit any quarterback right, right. now. Um, but there are moments with Patrick Mahomes that like it looks like they're individuals <laughs> that can very easily make a play, and then all of a sudden they're like, oh no! It's almost like the it's weird. The, the live feed was cut and it was altered. Like, where'd the defender go? Hold on. And it wasn't like he made just a, a juke move. Right. They just miss a tackle. I'm thinking, why are they not lighting him up? But I think even a, a hard hit, a hard, clean hit on a quarterback is a penalty. Yeah, it's rough, dude. He does yeah. not. When was the last time you've seen Mahomes get lit up? Last year when he was hurt. Yeah, he got he still I know, did but it. like, yeah, well, you know, don't ever. Man. It's never. Yeah, he's just so well, he, the elusive. A couple games ago when his helmet got destroyed. Yeah, I mean, he is elusive. But that was just like a stand up hit. That wasn't a though. square hit yeah. either. Yeah, I, it was interesting. I do think there is there is this elusiveness to Patrick Mahomes that like people don't really see. He has like pretty incredible body control, like on the move. Where I want to see like, his quickness in person. Like, because yeah. that's got to be what it, it's those quick little shifts. You yeah, know I mean? he does. I mean, and, and like the fact that. He can throw the ball from any arm slot yeah. and anywhere on the field because he's like he can he throws no looks yeah. on a regular basis. That like a defender at any point's like I have no idea what he is about to do, and maybe that's what it is. That like I I genuinely they just genuinely don't know what he's going to do. Didn't he have that play at the player on Sunday where he didn't even like it was the worst fake ever where he was like he was running towards the first down uh, marker. Oh yeah, and it was like he just lifted the ball and the defender had to kind of freeze. Just they have long to because yeah. that's what he's capable of. Yes, I think when with as far as running quarterbacks go. Josh Allen, defenders want to hit him because yes. he wants to hit you. Yeah, yeah and he wants. And that so hit, they're yeah. less likely to hit a quarterback that's not going to punish you. Right, right. But you look dumb if Josh Allen runs you over. I'm not going to let that happen. Right. Right. I mean, he's and he's like he's a big he's boy, a like six five. Like, yeah, he, he ain't no joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did we all pick the 49ers? I mean, the Lions. We all, we all pick the, the Lions. We all pick the Lions. All right, 49ers. See in the Super Bowl. All right, that's how that works. <laughs> um, all right, so. Um, we talked a lot of trash about some athletes. I think it's time for us to talk about our favorites of all time. Um, and this is going to, this is a very subjective list or whatever. The goal was for us to just talk about our favorites, our favorites, our personal, not your favorites, favorites not the best. Yeah. Our so favorites. We literally can't get it wrong. Although I'm really okay with some, like, are you freaking kidding me right now? Well, naming um, 15 out of the amount of athletes that are out there is going to be right. Tough. You know, so, like, um, Corey has the first pick. Um, James, I guess you have. Well, I haven't gone middle yet, so I'll have yeah, the second one, and you have the third one. So, uh, Corey, whenever you are ready, I'm I'm Nolan Ryan. Yeah, he's my guy. No dog. Yeah, he always been, and it's not because I'm from Texas or because I was an Angels or an Astros, Rangers. I mean, I'm just he was for me. He encapsulated what being an being a character as an athlete meant. Yeah. Like fighting people? Yeah. He was tough. Um he was dominant. The headlock. The headlock. Punch. Yeah. Just something about him. He was just I don't know. He's like if the Marlboro man was a an athlete, for me, he was like just that, this iconic, you yeah. know John Wayne. Yeah, this cowboy kind yeah. of character for me. And so um I had this in unhealthy obsession with Nolan Ryan as a sure. kid. If you walk in my office, I have multiple autographs, photos, starting lineups. I have over 500 Nolan Ryan baseball cards. That is a lot. Now, there's a lot of multiples, 
But I need to go back and look because there's sure. some there's some old Don Russ um, air cards I probably have that are yeah. worth some money. Yeah. I've got all these cards. I don't have his rookie card. Any fans out there want to really gift me something to complete that? You give me that rookie <laughs> card. It was a thousand dollars when I was a kid, and that was a lot of money, and it's worth more now. Right. But for for me, Nolan Ryan. I mean, it's the no hitters, it's the strikeouts. It was for him. He was throwing heat. Yeah. Hundred miles an hour was a big deal. Now, I mean, one hundred two, one hundred three. You Did got you guys. see the documentary facing Nolan or whatever it was? No. Yeah. I think was that on Netflix, right? I think so. You should check it out. Yeah. You should check it out. I have to borrow your account. Good with, right. Sorry, Netflix, but that's what you let us do. So, Nolan Ryan, um, I'm not even going to get into all the stats. Um, you, you know, if you're talking about best pitchers of all time, yeah. he's in that conversation. Never won a Cy Young, but um, but for me, not just as an athlete, but a character. Yeah. Um, and now as an old man, I'm an old man. Um, the fact that he had a sponsorship with Advil, it makes a lot more sense now. So, <laughs> Nolan Ryan. Um, I'm going to follow it up with someone who's not in the conversation for greatest pitcher of all time, but my personal favorite in Chris Carpenter. Um, I have a signed picture of him on my wall. I have a Wheaties box with him on it. I want you to know, I opened uh, that Wheaties box and I ate all the Wheaties. There? There's no Wheaties. What? In there. Are there still Wheaties? No, I ate them all just uh, to spite him. That's yeah. really funny. Um, I, no, they're I have in, a, they're in there. I have. A, thank you. I appreciate it. I have a Chris Carpenter jersey that everyone. Uh, thinks it's Matt Carpenter. It's really frustrating. Or they like, think that like, you're just a huge Jesus fan. So dumb, yeah. Oh, look at him. He likes that Jesus guy. Jesus um, no, I mean, so he was, you know, he was the guy when I was, you know, growing up playing baseball, and that mattered a whole lot to me. I loved his attitude. It was like... Similar a, to Nolan Ryan for me, right? Yeah. Yeah. He he's he like, happened to be play for a team that you actually like, though, yeah. which helps. Yeah, I mean, and he, he just, he didn't care. Like, he'd hit you. He'd brush you off the plate he'd cuss you out he'd i mean he'd do all these things which is really doesn't seem like something that you yeah. you should probably want to emulate but i love the fact that he get on the mound and it didn't matter who was coming up to yeah. bat he wasn't backing down he wasn't he i mean he actually is one of the few um i think he actually has the fewest intentional walks in st louis cardinal history um as a starter which is super cool um and i i loved what he i love the the tenacity and just um, not not anger, but just like um, attitude and mindset he brought to the Cardinals because I think it was it really shaped like who they were. Yeah, um, I mean because he was there in the era in the era of like Albert Pujols, Scott Rowland, Jim Edmonds, Yadier Molina. I mean like big guys, and for all of those individuals, for me to still. I mean, he was the captain still, which is such a cool idea. Um, There's a meme now for that. There is. I'm the captain now. Yeah, I need to see him do. Uh, um, but no, I mean Chris Carpenter will always be will always be the guy. I mean, and I, there's always a special place in my heart for Adam Wainwright, but Chris Carpenter is. You can have more than one yeah, on. Cardinals pitcher on your list. Yeah. Uh, okay. No, I mean it's. <laughs> I mean he's still nobody's taking him. Uh, okay. That's fine. Oh, I appreciate that. Thank you. All right, uh, Chris Carpenter was it for me. So, James, my number one is going to Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bean Bryant. Um, All right. I don't know. It's close. Shaq's one up there as well, but just Kobe, his intensity and just growing up watching him, yeah, and going out there and like mimicking that in the driveway or you know, it was just that's a childhood. Uh, I feel like we should do a moment of silence. We've had so much dead air time during this podcast that we probably shouldn't. So we want eight seconds of. Is that what Waiting for you to find that obscure tennis player. <laughs> just, just like the way he would take over basketball games. Like that's what you dream yeah, of yeah, being man. able to do. Just be. I mean, yeah. For me, it was a Mamba mindset. It's like, yeah. I mean, just mentally, he was elite compared to everyone else. Yeah, and he knew. And you know, as a as someone who's tried to be an athlete, undersized athlete, and I'm not saying that Kobe Bryant's undersized, but for me, if I was going to be good at anything, I had to have 
uh, more edge mentally and more tenacity yeah. because I wasn't going to be able to physically dominate any scenario. I just saw and a so video like, of him this week, and it was when he played he, uh, Jordan. Mm-hmm. They, he played Jordan, and he asked him for his shoes. And he said, you can wear the shoes, but you'll never fill them. Yeah. And then his teammate said for a week straight, he did not talk to anybody, and they played each other that following week, and he dropped 55 on Jordan. No, no. When, yeah. when he told his team, Olympic teammates to light up Pau Gasol. Yeah, he did. He ran right through his Run chest. through him. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't about friends. It was about winning, winning time. Yeah. yeah. So. That's what it takes. It's a great first pick. Uh, my next pick is going to. This is going to be a, a hot take here. We're going with Michael Phelps. Oh, Michael Phelps. I mean, hey, dude, most decorated Olympian of all time. Yeah, like, just the respect that I have him for for swimming. Like, I'm not a. I don't. Sure. Never. You know how to swim. swim. Yeah, I know how to okay. swim, but like, never competed. But like, right. what it takes to do that? Yeah. Like, that's insane. Yeah. I mean, yeah, just nothing but respect for the but Mr. Mr. Phelps. It was impressive, man. I mean, th- to be able to also be so consistent in that. Yeah. Like, it's not, he did, it wasn't just like a one time thing. It was over the course, course of multiple Olympics. Yeah. It's, 28 medals. That's wild. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, wow. Michael Phelps wasn't on my list. Kobe was. So now I got to take Kobe off my list. Um, all right. So uh, my next favorite athlete is going to go to Steph Curry. Um, I. Not not necessarily because, you know, I think he completely changed the game. It's a different game that we see today because of him and who he is uh, or, or what he does on the floor, um, but because of what he represents on and off the court. Um, one of the reasons why he didn't get a shoe deal with Nike was because he wanted Philippians 413 on the side of his shoe and Nike wouldn't let it happen. And so he said... Peace nope, out. I'm good. And then, I mean, obviously there were other things that came with Under Armour and they were very wise financial decisions that he made. But um, I appreciate that he, I don't know if you notice, after every shot, he does a thing where he slaps his chest and points up. And like, he's not afraid to talk about his faith. Um, he is he is a seemingly very good Christian man. And that is an impressive thing to be, especially in the NBA culture that can struggle with that today. Sure, absolutely. And with how good the mics are. Like, he's not perfect. Right. He gets frustrated. He yeah. says some things, and you're like, man, he's a real person. Yes. Uh, I love him because you see all these other athletes trying to to have swag or try to be like, try to be the best and not, they're not really the best. He is so smooth with his confidence and how good he is, the yeah. little dances and the things like that. And he doesn't look like an idiot at the end of the day. I know. You know, where, where Swaggy P will. Th- throw one up and turn around and miss it. Yeah. You know, it seems like Curry hits that every time. Well, so there was, you know, Kobe on your list, he made this comment about, he made a comment, he was got asked about Curry and Clay Thompson as well. But um, he called him, he called him a silent assassin. Mm-hmm. Um, not the baby face assassin, the silent assassin, because it's, there's this, there's this, he said there's this calmness about him. That doesn't mean that like he's not fired up. It doesn't mean that he's not, um, doesn't mean he doesn't want to punch you in the face, but he's able to hone those emotions in and put them into the game and what he needs to do and not not outwardly get wild in different scenarios. A lot like yeah. what Draymond Green does. Curry's able to really put that into how he plays, um, but in, in a way that is unassuming. Yeah, the way he channels that energy. Yeah, it's, it's impressive. I couldn't agree with what Kobe had said more, but um, it's, it's also nice that, like, I know that if like Curry were to have an interview or Curry were to have a video that got posted somewhere that I could show it to every kid in my youth group and not worry about what right. he's going to say. And that is a, I mean that 
you can't say that almost you can you can almost not say that about any other athlete yeah. that is at his level. Yeah. Um and and so that is I don't know. And and this is a church league podcast. We talk we're gonna talk, talk about church stuff. Like the fact that faith is an integral part of who he is and he shows it outwardly, I can't say enough of. I bet I bet he shows it more than it's even shown. Absolutely. There's not a conspiracy theory. It's real life. They are editing well, C.J. Stroud, they did yeah, it with they're editing interview. comments about people's faith these days. Yeah. And so it, it's getting there. It's getting it's going live at a certain percentage, but yep. a lot of that is being um, um, restricted or or kind of um, cut back. So, um, I, yeah, I, I like his character is ab- above right. bar for sure. So. All right. So. All right. Larry Bird, what do you Larry. want me to do? Um, good night. You talk about hold on, night or no, Larry Bird. No. <laughs> Wait, oh. um, you know I'm from Southern Indiana, um, so I have a I have a Springs Valley Larry Bird jersey. It's yeah. not an original. It's one that I found and I lost my mind. It's right. small, like it it is a small. I cannot fit into yeah. it, but um, but it hangs in my closet um, because what he did with the Celtics is really impressive. What he did with Indiana State very impressive. Yeah. For him, it's like if like Hoosiers was in real life for me, you know the fictitious, yeah. the fictitious, and it was a real story. But how that was played out in the movie, he lived that out in real life. Yeah, um, and it's not because of character or all those other things. Like his edge, and they did an interview with him. He knew where he was on, on the court all the time because he would he would train blindfold. Like he would like have his eyes closed and he would count his steps and knew where he was at from baseline to baseline, half court. So like right. He was always in the right place at the right time because he worked hard. He worked harder than most. Yeah. And you look at guys, and you know there are stereotypes of what makes a good athlete or what makes someone, you know, you know, a dominant athlete. He breaks those stereotypes, and his edge. He would come out and say, "I'm going to drop so many points on you tonight, or I'm going to just play left-handed, or I'm right. going to win the three-point contest with my warm-up jersey on." Yeah. And he would do those things. So he had this confidence about him right from a place where confidence doesn't naturally just come especially for an nba athlete yeah he is from the middle of nowhere yeah in southern indiana and so you he'd be confident as a farmer french lick is that where he's corn that's why you know he'd be farm confident as like yeah you know a lot of other things he just he had to have that elite level of confidence to be who he who he was and he was also a good coach of jim all those things so like larry bird He's an icon for me. Yeah. And when I see all these greatest of all times, I'll fight for him in those conversations beyond what's appropriate. Sure. Because um because of because of what it took for him to get it. Yeah. Is a is is a greater leap than what it t- takes for LeBron, mm-hmm. who is athletically, physically more gifted from birth. Sure. You know, right? Or f- you know, f- Michael Phelps even. Right. He is a freak in the pool because the measurables of his arms and it's like yeah, like I've, Grayson, my son, loves to swim. He swims for swim team. Unless he grows feet, like right. like three or four feet, and and his arms grow and becomes physically like Michael Phelps, he's never going to be able to compete on that level because right. it's just an impossibility. Yeah, so, Larry Bird, number number two, and then now it's my number three. Yeah, Pete, Ro- your number three, Pete Rose, good old Pete. Yep, um, Pete Rose, Charlie Hustle, um, most hits of all time for me. You t- laid on the line. He's he's sliding headfirst at you. Um, yeah. He played with an edge. He coached with an edge, and he lived on that edge. And what's hard about my conversation with Pete Rose is he 
I'm not embarrassed by him at all yeah. that he's looked desperate to get in the Hall of Fame because of gambling. Right. I hate the conversation. Um, it, it, to me, it bothers me as much as the steroids, even more than the steroids, especially now that gambling and sports are so interlocked. But for him, and when I was th- in the third grade, I believe, there's a piece of paper somewhere in a file my mom has kept. And it's, who do you want to be when you grow up? And it was Pete Rose. Yeah. Because I wanted to play baseball. Right. And I wanted to play baseball. And I played baseball hard. I mean, I I broke my arm one year. Yeah. And um, finished the year in a cast. Yeah. Finished the all-star season in a cast. Right. And played because I wasn't going to not play baseball. Absolutely. And that was sort of that Pete Rose sort of, you know, motor that, you know, kids from our area, and I'm a Cincinnati fan, so, like, yeah. he was he was it for me. More than Bench, more than all these other guys, it was Pete Rose. So, um, Larry Bird and Pete Rose, hmm. two and three. There you go. Um, my next was going to go to Tiger Woods. Um, Dude. Sli- <laughs> slightly. I'm literally sitting here looking at his stat line right now. <laughs> Good, then you'll be able to chime into the conversation. Uh, yeah, now we, I'm going to have to go with Mr. Feeney, okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I... I I don't think anyone else could have ever actually made me want to play golf more than Tiger Woods. Um, the dude was incredible. He's he was just better than everybody else. I mean, and it wasn't close. I don't think in his prime. Um, and I mean, even I mean, like there was the 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 rivalry between him and Phil Mickelson, and it wasn't even really a rivalry. It was when Tiger Woods had a bad day. I mean, that was really it. It wasn't like yeah. if Tiger Woods played at Tiger Woods' level. No one was beating him. And I i mean, he literally, I played golf. Not, and I didn't like seriously play or whatever, but I went and bought a bought golf clubs because of Tiger Woods. We had a par three course that was kind of close to our backyard. And I was like, all right. I would say you out. and the majority of America. Yeah, man, for sure. And the fact that he's no longer with Nike is really sad to me, by yeah. the way. Um, but like I wanted Nike golf clubs because of Tiger Woods and they weren't even they weren't even the top tier he was just that good. Well, he transformed the sport. He did. They Absolutely. made a video game based off this guy. Yeah. I mean I as far as like I mean you could even say like transformative athletes like he's got to be near the top of all time. I mean he single-handedly kind of saved the sport as well sort of like a Mark McGuire and Sammy Sosa. Um he's he was just great to watch. Now what happened towards the end of his career is sad um you know everything from the um the, the sex addiction to the um you know all, all with all you know personal life stuff for like sure waffle house women like what are we doing tiger woods you know and like i but what i will say when he figured all that stuff out and he's playing in the masters and I'm watching. I leave. I left the church building God that knows. Sunday morning. God knows you did that. Yeah, yeah, he did. And God approved it. Um, <laughs> he gave me the big thumbs up. And <laughs> I am crying in my car in a church parking lot when Tiger Woods wins the Masters. Oh, not from guilt from leaving church early. Absolutely oh. not. There's no part of me that has feel, felt guilty about that. I mean, I, I think that is a moment that um, it's not going to be like, oh, where were you when that happened? Yeah. But like, I'm not going to forget where I was. Yeah. Um, and I mean, you can't. You can only say that about a few athletes in moments like that. I mean, there's. I mean, I don't. His also his highlight reel is stupid. It's so good, and I watch it all the time. But yeah, Tiger was easily. He could have. He could have been number one. But I mean, that's there's other sentimental value. But Tiger Woods up there. So. Yeah, it's a good pick. 
Uh, my next pick is going to Daryl Green. Daryl Green. For you guys that don't know, he I was don't. a cornerback for the Washington Redskins. Oh my! Number twenty-eight. So growing up, Redskins fan. Yeah, yeah. I was also played cornerback, defensive back, and he four-time fastest man in the NFL. Really? Notably, he had the uh, the chase down of who was it? Dickerson. Yeah, Eric Dickerson. Eric yeah, Dickerson. like chase him down. Like I did, he was just—I just loved him. I, yeah. He was—he was like dude was like five nine, one eighty five, like small guy, but he just like loved, Rudy. Yeah, he yeah. was my guy. You know, as a Redskins fan watching him, that was always my my dude. So hot you, take there. Wait, you played corner? Yeah. We talk about that for a second. You sure. were a cornerback in football. Yeah. Yeah. Is that for the reason why they say everybody plays cornerback, which you couldn't catch as a receiver, or because you love being a cornerback? Just love like cornerback. Awesome. Yeah. Defense. I was wow. fast. I had hands. So. That's nice. Wow. Yeah. I'm going to think about that next time we do a pickup game of football. Dude, that was my spot. Yeah, I love I'm, Listen, I'm, I'm here for all of it. So when do we play football? I played team manager. I didn't even t- play team manager, but yeah, I would have if that was my space. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right. Um, well, sh- hold on. Shout out to his forty though. His fastest forty was a four point zero nine. Wow. Holy cow. Yeah. What? Yeah, dude. Go look at some Daryl Green highlights. Man, that's wild, dude. Daryl Green, everybody. We need to shut it down right now. Uh, you shut it down. It's over. All right. <laughs> Who's your is your fourth pick? Yeah. Fourth pick is going to old Bron Bron. LeBron. Yes. Yeah. He's so got to make the list. He's got to make it. I mean, he's just a baller. He's been around. Like, yeah, there's. You don't have to say much about LeBron. Greatest basketball player of all time. Yeah, third on uh, this list. There. Yeah, he's the greatest basketball player of all time. Third, fourth on this list. Uh, right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fourth. Yeah. Yeah, because Kobe, Curry, Larry Bird. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, but we were talking about favorites, not necessarily oh, I know. greatest. I know, but yeah. you were over there mumbling. I'm just glad somebody picked him before they picked when Michael Jordan. When I appreciate Jordan. him for his, for his uh, Miami Heat days. <laughs> yeah. I didn't like the whole shenanigans where, like, taking, taking my talents. Like, yeah. get out. South Beach get out of here. This is yeah. WWE. Like, get, what are you doing? <laughs> hey, all of that money went to charity, by the way. Can we talk about that for a second? Everybody's did it, like, though? It, no, it did. It did. All of it the went to charity. The Boys and Girls Club of, like, my Dade County or something like that? Wasn't that what it was? I think he opened it. He, he actually opened a school with a lot of that, too, in Akron. Yeah. So uh, all of the money from that special went to charity. Just yeah. For everyone complaining about it, something yeah. good happened. Silver lining, I guess. LeBron James is a great pick. I mean, great. Yeah, he, he has to be on the list. I mean, if I mean, you, I mean, like, uh, apart from the the take take away the the argument, greatest of all time, right? Like the fact that he has more points than everybody else in NBA history speaks to longevity and his ability to score the ball. Um, they. They did this stat on like who could potentially break that, and they were looking at different players. And they're like, Luca might be the next guy that could potentially do it. Luca would have to average thirty-one points every year for the next twenty years <laughs> to catch LeBron James. Thirty points a game—that is wild. And and he would also have to play every single game. That's that is crazy. Yeah. Uh, I, and and I didn't like that like that really put a lot of that into perspective. I also know that he's played a whole bunch of playoff games, which yet again speaks to... When he came in 18, too. So. Yeah, I mean, there, there are a lot of factors that go into that. I just think that that specific stat's kind of crazy. Um, and this isn't me like... this. I'm not saying that that's exactly what makes him the greatest of all time, but like I think that that in of itself is why a lot of people like him. He scored the ball, and he did it a lot. So you get to pick LeBron James also with your pick? No. Okay, let's move on. No. <laughs> I mean, we could talk. I mean, like, we'll talk about LeBron James all day. Um, someone's oh, a little gosh. Back. Getting, getting a little um, all right. Uh, my next pick is Peyton Manning. Uh, Peyton Manning is 
was the I mean, it, so I went back and forth between Peyton Manning and Kurt Warner. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh. I know, and I I love both. If, if I could have both of them as my pick, I would. You just um, did. What are you sure, talking about? Peyton Manning, Kurt Warner. <laughs> uh, Peyton Manning, though, was I mean when. I thought of NFL when I even still like when I think of an NFL quarterback, I think of Peyton Manning. Think about that big old bobblehead, giant, giant forehead, forehead. forehead. Um, yeah. But like, I I love watching the Manning cast not because of Eli. Um, <laughs> I mean, but I I love what his personality, what he did, and what he was able to kind of you know bring the NFL off of the field. But his ability on the field was incredible. Now he had talent that surrounded him, but I also think that he made some of that talent as well through his ability. Um, but man, dude, he was, that he was, was, that was a good time period in football. Yeah, man. He was so much fun to watch. I loved him so much more than I love Tom Brady. I hate Tom Brady, but like I loved Pan- Peyton Manning so much more. Um, I don't know if it was because of an underdog thing or whatever, but like, I just thought that I always just thought he was a better quarterback. Um, than Tom Brady. Now, well, he he carried be, himself well. You know? Yeah. I, I mean, there are going to be people that argue that. And that's like, I'm cool with all those things. I just liked how Peyton Manning played the game and carried himself. I think he, I think he's a better quarterback than Tom Brady with what he had. What he had. Oh, sure. Like, he came from, the Colts had nothing. And he changed football with yeah. audible reads, being able to ma- manipulate Omaha. defense, all those different things. Yeah. Um, and without a coach that was cheating for him, so absolutely was, was he on your list as a Colt? Yeah, he well, I mean, he was like on this my list, list today. My, my, my list gets really specific toward the end, yeah. And then he was definitely in that top six, seven range for yeah. me. Um, I wasn't a huge Peyton Manning fan coming out of t- um, college because yeah, yeah, I yeah. didn't have a connection to Tennessee, and I thought, man, they should have picked Ricky Williams with that pick, right? And I'm glad they didn't. Sure, but um, he was great. Yeah, um, I thought we needed a running back, and I thought Harbaugh and you know the, what we've had in the past, and you know we'll be all right. And no, um, yeah. Peyton Manning was great. So, um, and I hated the suck for luck days where we thought we could replace him, mm-hmm. and you know I thought we did, but um, he's irreplaceable. And you know he's good. He's a, he's a top five on a lot of people's lists. Whenever Broncos love him, Colts love him. Oh yeah, America loves him. He's like. He's he's been in so many commercials too. I mean, it's just oh, yeah. he's a funny dude and the brotherly thing. Yeah, I like watching Peyton over Eli, but I like to see the brotherly. Oh yeah, sort of for back sure. and forth. So, all right, is it my fourth and fifth? It is your fourth and fifth. All right, um, Indiana basketball. This is a tough one because there are a lot of for me Indiana players that I really yeah. like. Eric Gordon. Um, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, was it a Farrell? 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 Yeah. Yogi? Yogi? Yeah. Um, Steve Alford. Um, 87, he was the the reason why we were so good in 87. Yeah. Um, but he went to the NBA, didn't really do, do too much. Um, but his – we grew up with um, the Tom Amansky baseball tapes, VHS you put in, learn how to play baseball. And we also had this VHS tape of Steve Alford shooting drills. Hmm. The dude never, never missed – yeah. In this in this tape. <laughs> and like so you have to understand that Indiana basketball for me isn't just like, you know, we're fans. We were trying to live out. So like between him and Damon Bailey for me, mm-hmm. I was trying to live out. But for at the age I was when Steve Alford in eighty seven, I was a kid trying to be Steve Alford. Right. So I was trying to if I'm hitting the last second shot in on the, the blacktop driveway, we had a basketball goal. Or if I was in the barn 
on the dirt floor, right? Or if I was in our basement because it was raining or it was cold, we had three three goals, and it was Steve Offord every time, right? Because we had seen the tapes, we learned how to play by watching him. Um, I, I cheer for him as a coach. I wanted Indiana to pick him up as a coach, which would I think would have been a mistake when Indiana was trying to figure it all out whenever he left Iowa and went you know elsewhere. So Steve Alford for me was just that iconic Indiana basketball player. Yeah. Um, and so if I could dig up that tape, I think my parents have it. We need to watch it. I'm sure it's it's really cool. But um, but yeah. And then my last pick, uh, man, I thought about Andre Agassi. Yeah. I, I was a big Andre Agassi fan for tennis. Um, but I don't think I'd be a tennis fan without my last pick. Um, uh, it's my brother, Kyle. Yeah. He doesn't, I don't think he listens to the podcast. <laughs> he might. Um, he played tennis. He's, I'm the youngest. He's the middle brother. Yeah. Um, my brother, Craig, I idolize him for other things other than athletics. And right. that's not to be, <laughs> that's nothing against his athleticism. Um, but Kyle was, um, great at tennis, great at basketball, great at golf. He yeah. could seemingly do whatever he wanted to do. Right. And so um, I played tennis because he played tennis. I wanted to play basketball because he played basketball. Right. So I I was his biggest fan. Yeah. I don't think I maybe even ever told him this. Right. But even into college, um, he really peaked in basketball in his college intramural days. Right. And still today, after a couple of new surgeries, he still dominates. Somebody just give him this clip here. So yeah, you feel good about but his no, um, yeah, I'll my, br- my brother email. Kyle, um, yeah. for a number of different reasons. Uh, you you talk about Jason K- Kelsey, Travis Kelsey, and Travis is like I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jason. Yeah, yeah, that's the, I'm that same story. Right, if it wasn't for my brother Kyle helping me through some really dumb choices in my life, I wouldn't be sitting in this room. So as an athlete, I admired him, but as a person too. Yeah. There you go. Take that, and good luck topping that one. Right. Well, I was going to go with Your my sister. dad, but now I can't. Um, <laughs> no, um, I, um, I'm i actually going to go with Rafael Nadal. Yep. Um, he kind of like probably with you with Agassi. Oh, Nadal? Um, no, Nadal. Oh, okay. I thought you already referenced him um, once. I think N- Nadal is I, – I mean, like, as smooth as Roger Federer was, Nadal was equally as, like, gritty and grindy and – um, I loved that about him. I loved that every ball, even if it was going to be five feet out, he's chasing down. I loved that, um, you know, he was the king of, 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 you know, coming back from a set down and, and willing to grind out points. And yeah. the fighting spirit is what I always thoroughly enjoyed. And what's really funny is, like, I did not grow up a tennis player. I grew up playing racquetball with my dad. And... Um, I don't even really play tennis now. I play pickleball, and it's not because of Nadal or whatever, but, like, it is... I love watching tennis. It was on when you got here. Like, I love watching it because of him. Do you still get notifications from the Southern Indiana Tennis Center? I unfortunately do, and it's really frustrating. So there's a backstory here. We played tennis together against a bunch of really old men when yeah. we were both in Southern Indiana together. And yeah. only it came because he asked <laughs> me to. Kind of like when I showed up to play basketball a few times, and it was like, oh, my knee. Yeah. 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 He's, he's really good at tennis. Uh, the, uh, the old men were. I like I like Nadal because it wasn't he wasn't an entitled tennis player. Yeah, you know he he was a hardworking. Yep. and he has a system down to everything. I mean, down to the wedgie pick. I mean, like it is where the water bottles are, where the towels yeah. go. I mean, it is. I, I mean, I mean, it, it is. I don't know. I I thoroughly enjoyed his work ethic and who he was on the court. Um, and he also had humility off of it. I mean, he yeah. he was consistently praising other people and it wasn't necessarily about him but he also like his english is like was super broken for a long time so it was funny it's really interesting to watch because with with tennis it's um it's it's 
it's an obscure sport for a lot of people. So then when they figure it out, they're like, all right, I can hit the ball, but how do I keep score? Right. And then right. once you figure all that out, you're like, well, what do I have to do to actually be good? And for a long time, it was, well, you have to be affluent. You have to be able to have access to yeah. the right coaches or the right places to play. He exposed tennis to say, I'll give you the, the, the blueprint of how to be great. Yeah. You're going to have to work. Yep. Work. And so I, I'm not saying that he wasn't a lesser athlete than, than any of these other guys, yeah. but he worked. Mm hmm so much harder than everyone else. Yeah. And so you get some guys that are just entitled and kind of whiny baby out there, and you're like, man, he, you never see him. No, never. And, and, and when he's complaining about something, it's out of passion. Yeah. No, it was... Um, my, my wife loves Federer because of the smoothness, um, which is fine. And she needs to stop talking about him. But um, He's a handsome man. He's a good-looking dude. I hate that. <laughs> um, but uh, Nadal was always going to be top for me. So, James, last pick. Last pick is going to Mike Tyson. Great call. We needed a boxer the on here. Baddest man on the planet. The baddest. The baddest. <laughs> the baddest. He, you know, the guy. He had some controversy come with him, but for him, I mean, I think another transformative player. Like he kind of changed boxing in my eyes. Yeah. Um, you know, he was able to channel all that uh, psychoticness that he had into uh, put it in the, on the uh, yeah, man. in he, the ring, and he was a kid that just. Youngest boxer to ever win a heavyweight uh, title. He needed an outlet. Yeah, I mean, he he needed good people around him to keep him from making poor decisions. And well, you can tell days. that in his fighting, right? But like, he needed an outlet, and yeah. and that's incredible. And, and also, Mike Tyson's punch out, like Nintendo hitting at the right time, yeah. it made him a legend. Yeah. Oh for yeah, for sure. And he still is. He's a lot like Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg made a bunch of <laughs> like weird choices, and for a while we're like, "There's no way he's going to be mainstream." Mike Tyson is mainstream, still, like Snoop still Dogg. Still hanging is. around, yeah. yeah like yeah. people are, they accept the, the things like that the, they don't like about him, and they're like, "You know what? He's just who we are in, as Americans." Well, because now he's like this like peaceful, like easygoing guy, and he, he could still psych- oh, he could, there's a destroy. Switch. There's a switch. Kill you. Most yes. human beings. Yeah. One. Little LL Cool J, Mom's and I'm glad he's not out there fighting in some senior league <laughs> beyond his prime. That'd be awesome, though. Right? Oh my gosh, I would pay to watch. I that. can't. So our picks are done. Yeah, it's over. No Muhammad Ali, which no. was I was on. That was close on my list. I don't know enough, and it wasn't from the generation to respect it fully. Yeah, same. like I was more of a Sugar Ray Leonard kind of. Yeah. Um, no Michael Jordan, which I'm sure that makes no, you happy. No Michael Jordan. No. Um, no, Lionel Messi, Cristiano Ronaldo, yeah. Pele, none of those guys. Not that, not that any of us are really soccer guys. I would have picked Reggie but, Miller over uh, Michael Jordan personally. Yeah, I think this is more yeah, I think personal picks. Personal yeah. picks. I think that like I like my like LeBron James wasn't on my list. Yeah. Um, just because personally, I like Curry more, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I appreciate. I liked the. I liked this. I was a fan of being able to just talk about our favorites. I'm yeah. interested to know what your what what people listening what your favorites are. I, I know that it's what's great about this is that you kind of we could talk about why and yep. you know, a little bit of like what we care about when we're watching something or why we're rooting for somebody. Um, it was tough to pick Peyton Manning over Kurt Warner, but like if when I'm looking at respectively who I you know cheered for the most, it was. Spain man. No Dale Earnhardt. No. I thought about him. I, really I did too. I think about him every day. I thought you were going to say I think Kelly about Slater Dale Earnhardt sure. as Who? much as I think Kelly about Slater. the Roman Empire. All right. <laughs> Goodness gracious. I almost said Tony Hawk, by the way, but uh, I, didn't, I didn't skate. Man, we're going to need to redo this. There, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, well, there's, there's so many, right? And so, like, let us know what your favorites are. I don't think we missed any. I mean, I, I'm, though, maybe if we go back and we. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> 
<laughs> Corey, do you need a leash? Like, what's going on with your phone? I need dude? like a chain wallet. It's just for my phone. wild. Um, all right, so this has easily been our longest episode. We're 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 two hours in right now, and um, oh I know, right? And so yeah, that clock doesn't move. Also yeah, no, I appreciate you guys staying with us. It didn't feel like it. I yeah. think that because we we were passionate about some things we we're talking about. Um, it was a good conversation. Uh, we talked about the NBA way longer. I thought we were going to, but yep. that's that's not a big deal. Um, but uh, it's I think it's been a good episode. Uh, so hey, thank you guys for joining us this week, and hopefully you join us next week. Have a good one.